welcome back to another episode of the War Porn Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lawler, disabled veteran extraordinaire. And I'm Gene Meyer, clinical therapist. We're both also stand-up comedians, yeah, which we forget to say. We do. I think for, for a reason. Probably for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, <laughs> takes away our credibility. Yes, absolutely. Like, oh, a veteran and a, and a ther- Oh, they're comedians? They're comics. Oh, yeah. two comics with a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Delete. How original. Uh, we call this podcast the War Porn Podcast because what we do here is we look at movies with a critical lens towards what they say about war, the military, combat, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, much like porn, it is inherently problematic. But we can't just, we can't we stop watching it. it. We, we love, love it. We love it. We absolutely love it. This week, uh, we're doing a follow-up episode, I yes. guess, of uh, Captain America. Captain America, uh, colon, the Winter Soldier. There is no colon. <laughs> really? I don't think, is there? Oh wow! Oh, we've, everything is ruined. I don't have fact a, checker. I don't have a colon. Is what I mean by that. <laughs> Someone's going to sample the audio of you just saying I don't. Have a colon. I don't have a colon. If you could sample the audio, yeah, remix it, remix it <laughs> to a Taylor Swift song. I would like. I would. I will now do a dramatic reading of WAP. Please, <laughs> yeah. please add auto tune. We uh, watched Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I love this movie. I've seen it. Numerous times. You've never seen it. I had not seen it up until last night. I rented it on YouTube. Um, I remember when it came out, I was in college and a bunch of my friends uh, said they went and saw it and that it was really good and that it was like a 70s psychological action thriller more than just a regular comic book movie. And watching it last night, I could very much see that. And I really enjoyed it a lot. I'm, yay. Yeah. A movie we both enjoyed. A movie we both enjoyed. Now, that's not saying it's not without its criticism. Sure. I hope so. Um, it be a very boring podcast if we just agreed a bunch. Yeah. I felt like uh, the third act in particular was sort of a mess. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I think... You know, I remember I, I've read a lot of reviews of comic book movies and they say that tends to happen. Yes. <laughs> because these movies, they build up towards like a, the villain and the hero fight and the stakes mm. have to be really high and stuff has to be blowing up. And like a lot of like really intricate uh, plot points have to be like tied up really quick. So mm. um, you're going to love Civil War. Oh, really? You're going to love Civil War. Yes. We're going to do that soon. Yeah. I agree with you, especially, uh, this is the phase two of the Marvel movies, so uh, I think they were still getting their footing. Yes. Uh, we'd had Hulk, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Thor, and then mm-hmm. we had the Avengers, big yeah. Avengers, Yeah. and then this is in phase two. Uh, we So, we have not covered the Avengers yet on the podcast. I'm sure you've all seen it. Yeah, I didn't... I So, watching this yesterday, I didn't realize that chronologically it went the first Captain America movie, then the Avengers, and now this one. Yes. So... Because uh, this movie just starts in media res. Yeah. It... it Well, I mean, we talked about how last time the, the first Captain America movie ends on one hell of a cliffhanger. Yes. Um, he's, you know, he's awoken from his slumber. He runs in the middle of Times Square and Nick Fury is there and he's like, welcome to modern times. Boo, boo, boo. You've been frozen for 80 years. And then Cap just says like, I had a date. And then the movie ends and you're like, oh, crazy. And um, so this movie starts off 
And I was like, oh, they just, they don't address any of that. They sure don't, because they did in the Avengers. In the Avengers, yeah. And these movies at this point are getting, they don't care to, they assume you've seen the others. Yes. They do not introduce Black Widow in this. Yeah. She's just, She's just you know who it. she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the movie, so the movie starts, the opening shot mm-hmm. is on, uh, is on Sam Wilson running around the, the reflecting pool. Yeah, in the, DC. In DC. Yeah. It starts with him, he's running, he's alone, which I forgot that's the opening shot and I, and I love it, especially considering where, where he goes in the, the oh, mythos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because this is a Captain America movie mm-hmm. and we open... On what will one day be Captain America. Isn't that interesting? Yes, spoiler alert. Spoilers! Yeah. Spoilers for the largest box office movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, <laughs> the movie opens up. He's running around the pool. And the first thing I thought was, oh, that's the pool from Forrest Gump. <laughs> you didn't. I did. <laughs> which is weird because I've literally been to that pool before. But So yeah. Cap's, Cap's running by him. He's yeah. going on your left. Yeah, and, and, and like the joke is... You know, he is, he's a superhuman, so he runs really fast. And then, you know, at the end of the run, he said, oh, I just ran 13 miles in 30 minutes. No, no, Sam says that to him. He's making fun of him. Oh, Cap okay. doesn't brag. Oh, don't you okay. put that, don't you put that hand all right, in the All right, all right, I'm sorry. I'm Super. sorry. I like that scene. So Cap goes up to him and he's, and he's he makes like a little quip. Yes. Like you call that running. Yeah. Or whatever. And, you know, he's like, what unit were you in? And, and he tells him. And yeah. here's the, here's the thing I love about Sam Wilson is that He's in pararescue, and that is like the hardest thing in the military. What now? What explain for the viewers who don't know and me? What is pararescue? All right. So every every unit in the military, or every branch of the military, has like their their top dogs, right? Like the army has the special forces, the marines have force recon one, the navy has the navy seals, mm-hmm. the air force has the paratroopers. Okay. They it's some say the hardest school. Because you have to learn how to, like, you basically jump into hostile territory to save people. So you need to be able to, like, now that's sort of what, like, the airborne do, but these guys do it, like, alone. Okay. So it's like, okay, these six guys are going to parachute into a place and rescue such and such. And it's, like, a super difficult to get into and super difficult school. So to him, just to be casually like, yeah, I'm pararescue. I was like, oh, damn, he is, like... That is a big deal for not a comic book movie. Yeah. But in this, it's just like, whatever. The top, it's like the top dog. Yeah. But compared to like Captain America. Yeah. You know. Damn. See, I didn't, I didn't even, you know, me being a civilian, I didn't even remember what words he said. I just remember him (laughs) just, just sitting under a tree. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a very interesting scene where Captain America is like, I think Sam Wilson knows him. He's like, you're that guy who's been frozen for all those years. Well, he says, I'm I'm Steve Rogers. And Sam's like, yeah, I figured that one out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's famous. He saved New York yeah. at this point. Yeah. And he's also Captain America. The first scene that really stuck out to me is, he says, I know you've been frozen all this time. Uh, you're probably trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. So uh, my suggestion is to listen to this Marvin Gaye album, <laughs> the Trouble Man soundtrack from the seventies, and he says it'll literally tell you everything you need to know about all the time you missed, <laughs> which is something I would say about a Limp Biscuit CD. So 
<laughs> For all of those who don't know, my illustrious clinical therapist yeah. uh, co-host has a Limp biscuit tattoo, tattoo on, on his butt. On my butt. Yes. Right on that butt. Yes. I have seen it so many so times. So many times. I'll pull, I'll, you know, don't, don't tempt me. Um, and we'll then. pull it out for this voice only podcast. And then Captain America takes a notepad out mm-hmm. and he says, I'm going to add that to the list. And there's a, I freezed it and there's a list. And I read on the Wikipedia that his list changed depending. For each country. Yeah, which is weird to think about. Why is that weird? Because it's Cause like... if you're in, like, a different country, you're not going to understand why I Love Lucy is a is an important cultural touchstone. Yeah, but, like, if you're in a different country, but the movie's literally called... Like, the character's Captain America, you know? Because they want to relate to him. You're like, like, Captain America doesn't, like... He's Captain... Am- if, if I saw a movie where it was Captain Brazil... <laughs> Right? But he's like, oh yeah, I I made sure to like listen to like 90s grunge. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> but I wrote down... I like the references that you keep going to yeah. and like things that you like. Yeah. Not well, things that Captain America would want to watch. <laughs> I wrote down... Da- okay, I literally wrote down... The first is Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. Uh, Nirvana. And I think he wrote next to them... Band in parentheses, Steve Jobs, Berlin Wall. He also had Star Wars, I Love Lucy, <laughs> and oh, I forget the others. What? Why are you? Are you like this? Is a bad list? No, I just i I think it. First of all, uh, it reminded me of in Austin Powers. Have you seen it? Yes. Where he has to catch. He's two has been frozen, and he has to catch. <laughs> I just realize that they have the same plot yeah it's true it's so true and they're both and this is like a spy movie and yeah. that's a spoof on a spy yeah. movie oh no you're ruining captain america for me. <laughs> groovy baby yeah yeah and he has to like catch up on like the past 30 years and he has like the nike pump shoes <laughs> and he's like He's watching, like, the moon landing and all that. It, it is it, just the ridiculousness of, like, I guess you could say, like, that's sort of like a, a history class, if you will, is to just cram all of this human events into, like, five minutes on YouTube or whatever. Sure. I just thought it was it was interesting, and it played on his... It was one of the few times in the movie where they really touched on he's a man out of time. Except for my favorite line later in the movie. But I agree with you. Right. Uh, I think, I would say the whole first act really does that a lot. Because mm-hmm. he like goes and he goes to the museum and then he visits Peggy and all that. Yeah. Let's get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, he gets a phone call. He's got to go on a mission. Black Widow shows up. Her and Sam flirt a little bit. Yes. And, and then they then they drive off and we cut to mission briefing on, uh, what are they called? Um... The helicarrier? No, they have a name. That little jet thing. It's called like a something jet. Quinjet. They're called Quinjet. Quinjets. Okay. So they get on the Quinjet and they're they're shooting along and they're doing like a mission brief. And I was like, yeah, a mission brief. Yeah. They're, they're given, you know, we got to do this and this and this. And then I love that Cap's sort of whole thing is that he gives orders and he just is able to like instantaneously take in a battlefield and give everybody direction. He did it in the Avengers. It's sort of his thing. And I like how casually he does it in this. He's like, all right. Yeah. I'm going to sweep the deck. You go and stop the <laughs> engines. You sweep aft. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. It's just like, it's just a day at work. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if you guys know, but I really like to shove all movies into Joseph Campbell's The Hero's the Journey. The Hero's Journey. I've done it for this one. <laughs> uh, the, the Hero's Journey is split into two halves, The Ordinary World and The Extraordinary World. Mm-hmm. Cap's Ordinary World is that he is a soldier working for S.H.I.E.L.D. going on these missions. And even though to us, well, not me, because I am a hero, <laughs> but to normal <laughs> citizens, the idea of going and rushing the Lumerian star is, like, exciting. Yes. But for him, it's like... Just another t- day at the office. And then, like, I like that they accentuate that between him and Widow just sort of bantering. Mm-hmm. Being like, how long have you... So you've been dating? Oh, yeah, because... Been- oh, you should ask... And, and it brings back from one of the... One of the themes from the first movie is Cap struggles with dating and women. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, awkward... And, and she's like, oh, you should ask Kristen from Stats. He's like, oh, the, the one. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little busy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See if, and, then he, and then he jumps out of the, the Quinjet and the guy's like, did he have a parachute? And they're like, no, no. And my first thought is, is this his first mission with Captain America? <laughs> Where he's like, that guy has superpowers? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's whatever. I like that this movie is the first one to remember that he has superpowers. Yes. Because the other ones, he's buff. Mm-hmm. And, but in Avengers, he doesn't really have super strength, especially next to, like, Hulk, Hulk and Thor, who have, like, unparalleled strength. So he just is, like, a guy with a magical shield. And, well, not magical, but yeah. for the purposes of the plot, it certainly is. Well, so, okay, so first of all, during that um, briefing scene... Mm-hmm. Was a line that immediately jumped out to me was Nick Fury is like, hey, there's a hostage situation on this boat. You guys got to handle it. And Captain goes, well, what was that boat doing there? Doing in those waters? Oh, because, yeah, right. And Nick Fury's like, don't worry about it, basically. And well, I think that was Crossbones um, that was giving the mission brief because Nick uh, Fury hasn't shown up in the movie yet. Oh. That's, that, well, I forget his, Rumlow. His name is Rumlow. He's like the angry looking white dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that. He he becomes Crossbones. His name is Crossbones. Oh. Yes. Like in the comics. And then late in Civil War, he comes back and he's. Gotcha. Gotcha. More the character Crossbones. But it, it introduces this theme of Cap is like, hey, you know, I'm in the hero business. Right. I'm not in the. Why am I cleaning up messes for Nick Fury? Exactly. And, and, and then he's, and Widow is like, no, don't worry about it, silly. Exactly. You, 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 you hush now. Mm-hmm. I wrote down that I, I like that uh, Nat is so comfy going into combat. Like, she doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, absolutely. And neither does Cap. Like, neither one of them. Like, the other soldiers are like, all right, let's do this. We're getting mm-hmm. ready. And they're both just like, whatever. This is just We're the freaking Avengers. Yep. We fought aliens. Yep. Like, full-on yep. aliens. And, um, and then, so then they, you know, Cap jumps out of the plane onto the boat. And immediately, uh, for me, the combat in this movie is so much better than in the first one. So much better in most of the movies we've watched. It's just really cool. It's super intense. Very violent. Yes. Um, No blood. There's no blood in this movie other than one scene. And it's it's weird to me. Because it's so visceral what they're doing. But there's no blood. No blood. It's such sanitized violence. But it is, it's super intense. I mean, oh yeah. And Cap is the, like, you know, watching that opening scene, like Batman's whole thing is he doesn't kill. He'll beat you up, but he doesn't kill. But Cap is like, no, 
Like, I don't care if you live or die. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, there's a scene where he throws the shield and it looks like it decapitates someone. Well, I doubt they put that in a Disney movie. But, yeah. well, there's a scene later. I, so this is the first time that we've seen like a director take Captain America and make him like more interesting. And mm-hmm. I think their idea was like, this is a spy movie. We're going to shoot it like a spy movie. It's very shaky cam. It's very handheld cam. It's up close. It's a lot of quick cuts. But it's like, what if Jason Bourne had super strength? Exactly. Because when he kicks, when Cap kicks someone, they go flying back 30 feet, hit a banister, and then ragdoll yes. away. And you're like, oh, oh, right. Yeah. I forgot he has superpowers. Yeah. It, it's And he like backhands someone with a shield and they like do a full backflip. And you're like, oh, they're dead. He like breaks a guy's arm and then whips a knife into another guy. Oh yeah! And he like pins his hand to a wall and then and then elbow claps him in the head. And I was like, "Ooh, Cap is not here to play." Yeah. There's a scene where he's running full tilt and he just backhands a guy off the boat. Yeah. And he goes like tumbling forty feet. No, that was a really cool shot. It's like a panning shot of the boat, and you see like a line of like four bad guys, and it's like a video game. He's just like knocking them like. Throws this other guy like 50 feet. It When we talked about the first Captain America movie, we talked about how it's kind of hard to show off his powers. Where in this one, they were like, I think they did a really good job of that. I agree. We also get to... Uh, the, the power that they seem to introduce in this is that uh, Cap can take a beating. Yes. Like, and he's gonna... Mm-hmm. This one they do it a lot. Civil War's even more of that. But it's like, what if we threw him through a lot of glass? Yes. And he fell uh, really far. <laughs> what if we did that, but a bunch? And 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 the other thing is that his shield is... Can it just does anything. whatever it yep. wants. Yeah. So he gets like... Uh, somebody like gets the drop on him. And then Rumlow shoots them in the head, and then yeah. they have a very casual conversation yeah. over the corpse. Um, so this whole action sequence, it um, brought to mind for me like comparisons to like Call of Duty. I agree. Warfare. I sort of wrote something similar where it's it's so action heavy and like cool that and that's that was what I was talking about with the Rumlow. He just kind of shoots him, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks thanks and he's yeah. like oh, it didn't seem like you needed it and i'm like you guys are being real casual mm-hmm. about all the murder you're doing but Absolutely. that's it's i it's that like hey kids don't get too preoccupied with the fact that captain america is your hero just killed a bunch of people yeah killed him real good yeah um <laughs> that's from i was like uh because you know i'm trying to look at this with like with our lens in the in the war you know the war porn way and I was just like, this is definitely, like, oh, yeah. action porn. Oh, it's, it, I, I mean, the action sequences throughout this movie are really cool, but they are war porn, if I yes. remember. There's a shot right after this, Widow is, she comes down and she's being, still being like, haha, mm-hmm. we're having fun. And she, like, goes into a room and does her usual Widow, like, beats three people up, and then she hooks a line, and she's, like, uh, like a, um, a grappling thing to her waist, and she's being lowered down the decks, and she's just shooting oh, people. yeah. Just with abandon, and then she lands on a dead guy, and then both the guns poke out, and she shoots, like, three more guys, and it's very comedic, like, 
hello. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. And I was like, oh my god, this is like the she's so casual about it, and then she's like talking in the thing, and she, yeah. I get why that's like her thing, mm-hmm. and I like it, but it's also so like callous. It's callous, yeah. and like. It does work for her character, though. Yeah. Well, the th- the thing is, it doesn't work so much for me for Cap. Exactly. Because Cap, well, he's a soldier, and soldiers kill. I He's too quippy, I think. He's very... Because it might have been more effective if Captain America was beating dudes up, but almost like in the way Batman does, where it's like, they'll be okay. And then Black Widow comes in, and you see this stark comparison of... He doesn't kill, but she does. I think I'm okay with him killing because he, you know, he was in World War II and and he's a soldier and like Mm -hmm. soldiers kill. And that's just, you know, that's part of it. And he does have a shield. It's not like he has a gun. So it's a little less violent. But it isn't. It isn't at all. He throws a knife through a dude's hand. He sure does. Yeah. (laughs) But I think we're starting to get into the problem of Marvel movies are quippy. Mm -hmm. And they're very light. And we're not taking this. But what's weird is later in this very same movie, the action scenes aren't quippy. No. Like you're worried. they're And like they're much more violent, though still without blood. Yeah. Uh, and but this one is like, hey, the movie just started. We're having fun. We're, yeah. Oh man! And when I first watched, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but now I'm just like, geez, Cap, you, you're you're just kind of, you're literally standing on a corpse, uh-huh. and you're like, uh, Tuesdays, am I right? Well, I, I think though I- to cut you off entirely. <laughs> yes, I did joke a lot uh, around corpses as a paramedic. So. Maybe it's fine. Okay. Why? Well, okay. So you're stressed. And a good way to relieve stress is to crack a joke. And to relieve the tension in the room. And, you know, there's a dead body. So a lot of tension. And it just... You don't want to get involved with the the everything of the scene. You want to show up and just be separate from it. I'm just here to fix that broken flesh machine. That's come on. I, and when I was a paramedic, I tried not to see people as people. I tried to see them as like things that needed fixing. Because um, you got to have a little bit of distance between you. You can't be like, they're like, oh my god, I'm dying. You can't, you can't meet that energy. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, I know you are dying. Ugh! You have to be like, whoa, we're, everything's fine. We're, we're calm and we're, we're doing our job. So the psychological term for that phenomenon is disassociation. Because it's it's what a person does when they're in a high stress situation or a traumatic situation is their body and their nervous system knows that if they were to like fully comprehend the situation in full in that moment, it would just overwhelm them too much. So a lot of people disassociate using humor. Some people disassociate through just disinterest. But it's like a it's like a psychological defense mechanism, because like you said, like because paramedics are either they don't care or they're funny, and that's pretty much across the board is either burnt out or hilarious. Mm -hmm. And both of those are methods of disassociation because you can't be a good paramedic if you're as worried as as the people you're trying to save. Now, is that why I disassociate all the time out of that situation? Because my body has developed that as like, oh, emotion. What do you mean? 
Well, I like I'm not I haven't been a paramedic for five years, but I still disassociate whenever I'm overwhelmed. Well, because well, it's you your your mind has learned to utilize this as a defense mechanism. And so much like with like PTSD, where you know, you're in an environment where you have to be vigilant all the time. And so that even when you're removed from that environment, you're still vigilant all the time because you've trained yourself. You've probably trained yourself to disassociate from things. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So now, <laughs> having said all that, I get why Cap's being quippy. Yeah. Because he's disassociating. But, but, like... Or it's bad writing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird, though, because you see this in a lot of movies where... A lot of superhero movies. Spider-Man was the originator of it, where he'll, like, get in a brutal fist fight with the Green Goblin, and he'll be cracking one-liners the whole time. Well, that's always been him because he's nervous. Yeah. Isn't that different, though? Um, or is it the same? I mean, it, it, it depends, but would you say that... The well, Spider-Man also does it because it keeps his enemies off balance. Right. So if he's constantly chittering at them, it gets him his nerves down, and it makes them annoyed, and then they make mistakes. And his whole thing is that he has spider sense, so he can get around... Like, once they start to falter is when he's like... Huh! Okay. Well, here's a, here's a better example. Uh, in Predator, right? Sure. T- talk about great American films. There's a scene where they're just like shooting everyone in the village. And Arnold takes, he takes a knife, a throwing knife, and throws it through a guy. And then he just says, stick around. Right? Sure. So like, there is this sort of like, this uh, tradition of in action movies, like these like quippy one-liners being thrown out. Did did Cap ever do that in this? I don't... Well, he throws the knife through the dude's hand. But he doesn't make like a, a joke. He just... No. That's more Black Widow's thing. Yes, that's true. Anywho. Back... We, uh-oh. <laughs> Back to... Where were we? So, so they're on the the... The... Oh, I also into our uh, it's it's war porn is they have like the special forces call of duty. I can see through walls. Yes, uh, we're gonna have everybody line up, and then Cap gives the order. Like it was very like the way it was shot, like the slow descent of the shield agents mm-hmm. on the side of the boat, and then and then they all peek through the windows and they and they line up a target. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. And I, you know, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to get you excited because like, oh, each of them has like their own role and their cool little weapon. And like, here we go. We're all ready. And it's like, pew, pew, pew. And they all shoot. And I was thinking about how like, how problematic it is that it's so cool. And then they don't show the violent death Mm -hmm. that is at the end of that. They just don't show it. So all you see is this, oh, look at those, look at that gun. Yeah. Yeah, look at look at them walking down the side of a boat. Don't you want to be that? Yeah. They don't show the terrorist in a slowly expanding pool of blood Ugh. and and now the terrified refugees who have just seen like we're Been just traumatized. We're just ignoring all of that. And I know I know it's a comic book movie. I well, know. did did you uh did you ever But maybe see... that's not good to show kids. Did you ever see Captain Phillips? I did not. But the I movie do know with Tom the, Hanks. I'm aware of the. Is that the one where he's like, the guy, "I'm the captain." I'm the captain now. Yeah. Which similar situation? They show you all that, but then they do show you the violent death, and it's very traumatizing. And they show Tom Hanks at the end, and he's like shaking and all that. But you bring up a good point: is all of this tactical military killing? Is this really a kids' movie? 
This movie probably shouldn't be. Yeah. But it involves like, Captain America. Yeah. But like all the themes are so dark. It's a movie about, I mean, we're going to get there, but it's a movie about the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And like our response to 9-11. And I'm like, the, even Nick Fury's monologue. I'm like, this is a weird movie to give to children. Yeah. But then again, like, so were the Star Wars prequels, which were about our advance yeah. into the Iraq war and how yeah. George Bush was fashy. So, <laughs> I don't know. What are kids' movies anymore? It is weird. It's like... It... Well, the original Iron Man, he goes to Afghanistan and, like, assassinates a bunch of terrorists and you're just like, Yay, Iron Man! <laughs> and, and, and... Yay! Like, like imagine, like, an eight-year-old's like, Yeah, he did Yay! it! Yay! He took, he took out <laughs> Al-Qaeda! Yay! Yay! That's something I understand as an eight-year-old. <laughs> okay, we're 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 in the weeds here. So yeah. Uh oh oh okay. So uh, there's there uh, the hostages, the French terrorist, which I don't know. Maltrock. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So he's like, we're gonna kill you all if you don't blah 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 blah. And the one guy's like, Shield doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Ugh. And it's like, dude, you, you have a gun to your head, like. What? <laughs> And then um, there's a weird scene where uh, Black Widow is, like, downloading a computer program. Oh, that's coming up. So Cap fights Baltrock. Okay. I, like, halfway through the fight, I was like, that's Baltrock the Leaper! Oh, my <laughs> D-list Captain America villain. I got so excited. I'm so glad that you know who that is. Oh. I love the way that scene is so funny. Because it's like a Mortal Kombat fight. Mm-hmm. They line up on a literal line on yep. the ground. Yep. And they they go back and forth. And mm-hmm. he's like... I just with it. You just with more than a shield. I can't do French. Just with me. I thought you were more than a shield. And then Cap is like... and I, This is the thing about Cap as a character. Where I'm like, buddy... What are you doing? <laughs> so he like takes his shield and he like he hooks it on his back and oh. he takes his helmet off. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing, Cap? You don't have to rise to his bait. But then he just bodies him. Well, what does that even symbolize? I don't know. <laughs> that he's a badass, I guess. Like, all right, we're taking helmet off. Helmet off. Like leather. But then ma- he kicks him in the face. Yeah. And I'm like, alright, well that you, you also like Cap, you have superpowers. So you should be able to beat this guy. Yeah, but I like that he was all jumping around and doing. He was leaping. He was leaping. leaping. Oh my god, it was so exciting. And then Cap pushes him through a door, and Nat's there, and we get into like, we start to get into the theme of the movie where Cap's like, "What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. You you should have been over here. I'm I'm angry." Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I had my own mission." And then there's a scene I really like. Baltrock throws a grenade, and uh, Cap picks up uh, Natasha and jumps and as they're jumping she fires into the window to mm-hmm. break the glass so they can go to get through together and i'm like oh that's such cool like teamwork teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> and then he's really mad at her and he's like you messed up the mission and there it shows her face and she just looks crushed yeah and i'm like oh no yeah she just wants to be friends with cap and she doesn't know how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love it so much which is also another reoccurring theme throughout the movie of yeah friendship yeah and like Spies don't have friends. Uh, so we leave the Numerian Star, which is the name of the ship, and we go to the Triskelion, which is the base, like the shield headquarters. Yeah. And it's on the uh, Hudson River. No. <laughs> no, 
no, Potomac. That's a, yeah. Potomac. Sorry, it's on the Potomac. It's... <laughs> it is in New York, where DC is also. No, 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 no. It's, it, the, Everyone knows the, the Washington sh- Monument the is shield... right next to the Empire State Building. Yes, exactly. And the East River and the Potomac and the I, Hudson. I thought it was cool, like because all the Marvel movies take place in New York, and this one kind of took place in DC. I think that was very on purpose because of the themes of mm-hmm. like government overreach, and now yeah. here is. Because that, like, we got into this a lot in the last one. Captain America as a character doesn't really change. No. He doesn't really change in this movie either. No. The world sort of oh, has to change to him. And in this movie, the first movie was how does World War II change to accommodate Captain America? And this movie is how does Washington, D.C., how does modern day Washington, D.C., or more like 2000 era, yeah. the Bush administration years, change to him. Change to him. And so he goes to the Triskelion and we see Nick Fury. Yes, and then Steve Rogers is like, WTF, why didn't you tell me that Black Widow had that mission? Why did you do this? Blah, 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 I'm a soldier, blah, blah, blah. And then they get in an elevator. Hold on, there's a line that Nick Fury (laughs) says where he goes, he goes, I do trust, I I share. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they go to the elevator, and as, okay, so as an actor, Mm -hmm. that scene was so funny to me. Because it's clearly, uh, and here is Nick Fury's monologue scene, yes. and and Cap is just is just there to give one line. And I thought about like what the shoot of the day must have been, yeah. and like just <laughs> I I don't know. There was just something about that scene and how he was just like, so uh, you know these used to have music, and I was like, that is such a setup for Nick for for yeah. now. Oh, Samuel Jackson has a very long monologue to do, and and. <laughs> I, I'll say it. You know, Grandpappy. Not a very effective monologue, I thought, because he it starts off. It starts off a lot of promise. He's like, "My grandfather was a bellhop," and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right, we're gonna like we're gonna get some like real character info here." And he's like, "Yeah, and people would pay him, and and then he realized that you know he would walk home and he was in danger of getting robbed, so he started carrying around a gun." And you're like. Man, you could have you could have done so much more with that. Well, Nick Fury has to introduce the theme of the movie, which is uh, we should hold a gun to people's heads <laughs> yeah. to, 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 for freedom. That's what that monologue is. Yeah, my grandfather almost got mugged, so he pointed a gun at people, and yeah. then he didn't get mugged. And so, in the hero's journey, this is hard because Cap doesn't change at all as a mm-hmm. character. But I still think it kind of fits the hero's journey because this is him being given like, hey, here is the um, the call to adventure of sorts. Yes. And his refusal of the call. Nick Fury's like, hey, we got to point a gun to Amer- to everyone. And then he shows him the three gigantic guns yes. that he intends to put to the heads of the entire world. Yes. And he's like, these helicarriers can shoot a million, <laughs> a million people at a time. And I was like, what? In what war? Okay, that's the bad guy thing, Nick. This is tough for me. Because I I was trying to figure out, like, who is the mentor to Cap? Like, who is... I was like, is it Falcon? But I think it's Nick Fury, I think. Uh, Yeah. And his theme that he's introducing is that in order to have freedom... He kind of argues with Cap because he's like, you know, Cap, I read up on the SSR and you guys did some questionable stuff to for during the war. Mm-hmm. And then Cap's like, yeah, we did do questionable stuff. 
so that you could be free not to. And I was like, that's kind of a not the same, not a great argument, Cap. But basically his argument was like, I did that stuff for freedom. We sacrificed for freedom. What you're doing isn't freedom. This mm-hmm. isn't freedom. You're pointing a gun to everybody's head. Yeah. He pretty clearly states the theme. Well, for those who haven't seen the movie, so uh, they get to the end of the elevator. Nick Fury shows them these three helicarriers, which are like aircraft carriers that float in the sky. Uh, which are, have all these guns on them and are capable of, like you said, murdering millions of people. Literally millions yeah. of people. Like he's like, yeah, I could strike a million targets off at once. And I'm like, that there's there aren't Nick. You're a bad guy. Yeah. right? that's a bad guy thing. It's and, pretty obvious this is a bad guy thing. And Captain America then is says, hey, like this is not cool. And then, like you said, Nick Fury is. Well, you did stuff during World War II, and then... You better get hip to the times, Captain America, because this is... Okay, it's so obviously the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. It's so cut and dry. It's so... It's... it's, Come on. Yeah. Right? Am I... I'm not reading into that. No, not at at all. After 9-11, we sacrificed all our freedom for security. Exactly. Here is a gigantic metaphor of that. Yeah. And like we were talking about before we started the podcast was... uh, We did a couple of weeks ago, we did The Dark Knight... And we did, now we're doing this movie, both of which are post 9-11 movies, but The Dark Knight was a post 9-11 movie wrapped up in the like hyper-patriotism of that era, where I feel like this movie is a post 9-11 movie that um, has a critical view and perhaps some like perspective. I agree. Whereas, like, The Dark Knight was like, yeah, we need them to have all these powers so we they gotta can protect just us. let these cops just do whatever they want! Yeah. We gotta do no extraditionary treaties! Yeah. We just, you gotta be able to grab He's like, what? Um, no, yeah. God, no, that's why we're, we have... And yeah. this movie's like a response to that. Exactly. Like, hey, maybe the government shouldn't have... Giant. Gigantic <laughs> gun tank gun flying. tank, like, yeah. Maybe we should... Uh, do you think... Is it a metaphor for drones? I don't know. The air, you know, the helicarriers, you know, strike people off a list from the sky, and that's what drones do. I came I, out during. I think. I think it's just like overall. I think the helicarriers, which by the way are from the comics, they're not. It's not like they're made for this movie. Oh, I know. There was a helicarrier in, in the last one in yeah, Avengers. I, I think it's just an overall metaphor for the U.S. like police military state, just constantly. You know, you can listen in on everyone's phone. You're constant. You're on camera more often than you're not. Just complete. And they talk about yes, exactly. That uh, Nick Fury says, "Oh, this will neutralize threats before before we even know they're threats." And then, which is no, Nick. That's just not. That's not security. That's... Nick, we did a whole movie about that called The Minority Report, exactly. and, and the answer was uh, no. Yeah. I, I also like the Cap was like, didn't didn't the punishment come after the crime? And exactly. Nick's like, you got to get hip with the times, yeah. Cap. And yeah. I'm like, yikes. So Cap uh, re- soundly rejects this and mm-hmm. leaves. Mm-hmm. He leaves the Triskelion. There's a shot of him leaving, um, and he then... goes to the Smithsonian. Yes. To look at pictures of himself yeah which is which is weird why (laughs) was he in the isn't he not it's not just the regular smithsonian isn't he in the air and space yeah which and i was like why would they put a captain america exhibit maybe it's like he crashed a plane i it it has to be like a filming thing 
Like Maybe. They, the regular Smithsonian was like, no, you no, cannot you film a comic book movie here. But there in space was like, yeah. So they go in and they just give you a really, uh, a really obvious like exposition scene where they're like, this, this here is yeah. Bucky Barnes. Yeah. He is Captain America's best friend. Remember? Remember him? Remember him? He died. He was the he, only one who died. I, that is the dope, that line. <laughs> he, he was the only Howling Commando to give his life during World War II. And I was like, y- what? Yeah. First of all, in the first movie, we saw people die. Multiple. Multiple. Many. Many. A lot. And it's World War Two, my dudes. Yeah. Seriously? And and then and then to like, I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing for a museum narrator to say. He was the only soldier. I... If you don't remember from the last movie, he died, and Captain America feels very, very and, guilty about it. And there's so many shots of Steve just being like, "God, I failed him." <laughs> God, this is the theme of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And he goes into another room and and it's Peggy Carter is mm-hmm. is just so obviously in love with Steve and he's yeah. like, "Oh, Steve, I mean Captain America." <laughs> and I'm like, "Why would it be weird for you to call him Steve? You guys like work together and stuff." <laughs> And then she's like, and that's how I met my future husband. Isn't that sad? Yeah, dude, and it's it's funny like no, uh, I will say though it made me that scene made me real sad when Cap's just sitting there in the dark. Oh. Just, just sad that his 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 girlfriend's old now. Married? Well, not only that, but married Howard Stark. No, he did. She, she very much did not. Oh, who did she marry? Just some random soldier. Oh, you silly goose! No. I I thought. Oh, is that what you took away from that? Yeah. No, Howard Stark married. Um, I don't know, Tony's mom. Oh, damn! I thought like because like in the first movie they made such a big deal about them getting fondue together. <laughs> No, she just married like a random soldier. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> that's I'm so glad lame. That, I'm glad that that headcanon... You mean... So Captain America got cucked by just some dude. Well, he was dead. Yeah. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a... <laughs> Whatever. So, um, I hate that word. So, yeah. So, uh, we go from the museum to Steve... He goes to meet Peggy. Who's like an old woman now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so sweet. It is really And she, he's just like, I was, I, oh my God, talk about resonating with me. And he's like, well, I, I thought I could just go back, go back to it and throw myself back in and serve my country. And it just isn't the same. And I was like, oh, Steve, Mm -hmm. Steve, my heart. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, I, okay. You want to hear an anecdote? Yes. Um, any, I, (laughs) I struggled up for a while when I got back from overseas and when I would have really hard days, I would drive to recruiters offices and just beg them to take me back. What? I would go to recruiters and I'd be like, what do I need to do to get, to get back in? And they're like, we can't, we, we can't take you. And I'm like, but I want it back, please. Wow. So I, I don't know if that's the same, but I, I, I kind of get what he's going at. He's just like... Why do you think you did that? Because it's the... It, the war makes sense. Okay, here's another thing I noticed um, that I think fits into this idea. Cap is wildly uncomfortable out of uniform. Mm-hmm. When he's wearing the Captain America uniform, his, his shoulders are kind of relaxed and he hooks his thumbs in his belt and he's just like... Ah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he puts on like a, a leather jacket, he's just rigid and his arms are at his sides and he just doesn't know how to be a person. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there's a line later where... 
where Falcon's like, what do you do for fun? And he's like, I have no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, the soldier. He only knows how to fight. And I, you know, I get that. I get, because war is simple and easy and has objectives and I was good at it. And, well, and I, we talked about on the last Captain America, how it, it gives you purpose and an identity. Mm-hmm. And, and like Cap's identity was Captain America for the Howling Commandos fighting Nazis. Yeah. It was so cut and dry for him. And now it's, messy mm-hmm. and that's what he doesn't like mm-hmm. is the messiness of life and i'm like oh the 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 ptsd analog continues steve oh man and the pain on his face as he's saying it where he's just like he's like he, he's basically he's like i miss fighting nazis it was really simple when they were nazis like i i'm like oh steve mm. yes <laughs> right there with you <laughs> not that i ever fought nazis but there was a time where it seemed simple yes um, so Peggy, who is suffering from just being old, uh, she, uh, Captain America, he said like, you know, I'm not quite sure what is right anymore. Uh, Peggy says we saved the world, but then we really mucked it up. Mm-hmm. Well, she says you saved the world. Yeah. You saved the did. world. Then we really mucked it up, which I thought interesting. Cause, uh, you know, and the movie gets more into that is, you know, his, history really views World War II as, like, good and defeated bad. And, yes, we did it. We saved we saved the world. But then, since then, uh, the U.S. has sort of really, in my opinion, like, gone astray. Sure. With, like, I think uh, everybody agrees We're just going to go to war with Vietnam and then blow up Iraq and, like, do a coup here and elect this reality show guy over here and whoa but remember that one time we were the good guys remember that oh you're making me sad (laughs) i'm sorry you're right there was also i wrote down steve says it's just not the same Mm -hmm. and he just looks so wistful Mm -hmm. and i'm like (sighs) (laughs) so she she loses her memory yeah and she and she's like steve it's been so long and then and he's like well i couldn't leave my best girl and i i it was sad but i also i just chuckle whenever chris evans tries to be old-timey oh yeah <laughs> um but then he's so sweet with her mm-hmm. and it's just it was hard it's heartbreaking it it's is. so heartbreaking it also like I, that the whole journey of those characters because eventually he gets to get back with her you know spoilers spoilers for the largest box office movie of all time yeah um, then the next scene... The VA scene. Yeah, is that... Yeah. Right after. Okay. I think. I wrote... Well, was there a scene where Pierce is, like, talking to the blah blah blah? Oh! So... Oh, Nick... Nick... Nick Fury... I guess it doesn't matter. Nick Fury is, like, trying to check the... The MacGuffin. The... The... the what's it called? A uh, flash drive. Yeah, the... Which plays, like, such a central role to the plot. But of it's, course, it's, it's a spy a, movie. It's didn't, a, don't you know Why? It's a, every spy movie has like a, a silly electronic MacGuffin where they're uh. like, we got to this, this data doohickey has all of the names of all of the agents. <laughs> and if they use it, they'll, the, the burn, the burn drive. Uh. It was, it, you didn't get like major mission impossible vibes out of that stupid thing. I just thought, man, that's like a, a USB drive that a lot of people are dying for. Do you watch a lot of spy thriller movies? Not really. 
This uh, is very much a trope of those. The, okay. The Jason Bournes or the... It's always, we got to get that disc drive because it has the plan. It doesn't matter what it is. Yes. It's a MacGuffin. Well, even in Star Wars, they have the little disc that's in R2-D2 mm-hmm. that has the plans for the Death Star or whatever. So they, uh, Nick Fury can't get into the thingy and he's like, oh no. He starts to suspect something. So he goes to Alexander Pierce and he's like, hey, we, sh- we can't do Project Insight, the helicarriers. We got to mm-hmm. we gotta cancel it. Yeah. Because I, I, I think something's afoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Pierce, that, Pierce, who, first of all, is introduced, I thought... Robert Redford, by yeah, the way. Great actor. Um, he also, just in this role, looks like Ted Kennedy. Like <laughs> a young Ted Kennedy. And I don't know, whatever. But uh, he's like uh, head of S.H.I.E.L.D., who is also, there are scenes where he's talking to this like international council about security and blah, blah, blah. And so Nick Fury's like, hey, we're going to have to, we're going to have to delay the project a little bit. And Pierce is like, sounds good. Um, All I ask is Iron Man comes to my niece's birthday, Mm -hmm. which is like, that's like Washington glad handing politics. If there ever was, it's both a very funny way to be like, politicians suck. And also remind you about the other characters that you enjoy. Because as someone like me, I'm like, yeah, Iron Man. Or like, this movie does it so many times. Like, oh, Bruce Banner invented mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, the, oh, Stephen Strange, Stephen Strange oh, Bruce Banner. Like, so many times they're just like, we're gonna just name drop, yeah, the Avengers. But it's because we don't, they, we don't have the money to get to get them. Robert Downey Jr. to make yeah. a cameo. So we're just gonna keep talking about him. I thought it was cool because that's what they do in the comics. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. It. The more I watch these movies, the the less fun it is. Mm-hmm. Like the first, when I first see him, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a little Easter egg for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm watching, I'm like, this is such a brilliant spy movie. There's such a brilliant standalone. Don't ruin it with it's references. It's like, it, almost like, oh yeah, right. I know. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. go. <laughs> like, I want more of the cool spy the thriller. Cool. Um, so then the next scene, uh, which really made me think of you was, I guess it's like, an AA meeting for PTSD people? Do you not know that these exist? No, I did not. Group group therapy? Is that is you know group therapy? I mean, this. I know group therapy was so Okay, so here's the I've never done group because I don't want so to. You haven't done one of these. No, but they they're very 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 popular with the VA because there aren't enough providers. So they kind of push everyone to do group therapy because then you can get 30 people i find it a little i find it problematic because i don't like that the va is like well you all have the same problem so let's yeah. just take care of all 30 of you at once and i understand and to anyone listening i am not disparaging group therapy i think it's really great that you form like a relationship with all these people and you can see other people with your same struggles and you can work together or individually or just whatever all of the benefits this is not for me and I dislike that the VA constantly during my one-on-one sessions would be like, would you like to come to group instead because this is resource intensive? And I'm like, no, take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my issue. But I do like that this scene exists. Ab- oh, yeah, absolutely. I And because that thing that she's talking about, she gives a little story and she's like, I was driving and a cop pulled me over because I swerved really strongly. I saw a plastic bag and I thought it was an IED. 
I didn't love the way she talked about it because it seemed a little sterile in the way that I'm like, I bet you could have gotten real veterans for that. Maybe they did. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I just, it felt a little Hollywood, like, okay, they're mm-hmm. called IEDs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she probably wouldn't have, I don't know. Maybe she would. Uh, it doesn't matter. I had a little twinge of like, not a real veteran. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, I, I just throw myself off track. I love that monologue. And then and then Falcon gives the stories like some stuff we, we take with us, some stuff we leave there. And it's up to us to choose how are we going to carry that thing? Are mm-hmm. we going to carry it in a big backpack? We're going to carry it in a little man purse. And, and then, you know, they, they close the meeting. But I was just like, oh, yay, PTSD and acknowledgement and yes. veterans. And Very like, big. Iraq was bad and hard and we're all. And then the idea that Cap is like standing there and he's just like, oh, look, these people are like me. And he's like bonding with Sam because Sam, Sam's like, you know, oh, yeah, I lost my, my partner and I lost Riley. And then and Cap's like, oh, I lost my Bucky. Bucky and then the two of them like bond and they have that brotherhood and he's like you could get out what are you gonna do and he's like I love that he goes you thinking about getting out and he goes no maybe I don't even know and like because he, he's he's like he he can't even think about getting out he's like no immediately but then he's like I, I but he can't lie so he's like okay maybe what would I do with myself and I'm like oh I feel that too yeah although I was in the National Guard so I didn't really like leave the I was sort of in like limbo all the time but i get that feeling i thought um you know first of all i think uh very progressive to show something like that in a movie like this um to show because like you know i i work in the drug and alcohol industry and i i wasn't even aware that these kind of groups exist and going to your first point about um going to the va and them saying, oh, have you tried groups? Uh, well, drug and alcohol is the same thing where, you know, it's pushed on us to recommend 12-step meetings because 12-step meetings are free. They're everywhere and you can meet people and blah, blah, blah. But I get what you're talking about because 12-step meetings are great, but people like people's problems are unique to them and require like a lot of resources and a lot of one-on-one therapy and when these organizations are overwhelmed with cases like that, they're just like, oh, here's a cure-all. Just go to that. Blah, 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 blah. I have found it very frustrating because like, so I have a traumatic brain injury from being near a mortar. I was in a truck and the mortar landed near the truck and the blast wave messed up my brain. I didn't get hit by like shrapnel or anything, but I was, you know, hit by the blast of the mortar. I don't know why I'm so pedantic about that. I think because when I say I got blown up by a mortar, I get like thousands of comments of people being like, you're, you're a liar. Yeah. You have all your limbs. I'm like, yeah, I just got hit. Non-essential. My brain. No, no big. No what? big there. Any hoozles. The reason I'm saying <coughs> the VA, they've tested me. They say I have brain damage, but then they don't do anything about it mm-hmm. because it's so resource intensive. They're like, well, it's hard to figure out if your symptoms are because of PTSD or your TBI so we're just going to assume it's PTSD and push you into a group. And I'm like, but, but treat me. Yeah. Treat the brain. Or like I have severe ADHD. That's not something that everybody in a group setting is going to have. So like a lot of my problems are how my ADHD and my PTSD interact, mm-hmm. which is why I don't sleep ever. And like you go into a group and they're like, I don't sleep because... You know, I'm kept up all night by memories or whatever. And I'm like, that's not my problem. I don't sleep because I have delayed onset sleep syndrome for my ADHD and also insomnia. 
and like, you know, whatever. And I'm a medic, so like, maybe if I got into a group of just medics to be like, my trauma isn't that I did a thing I don't agree with. My trauma is that I just saw yeah. an unbelievable amount of trauma and I've just, I just live with it now. Yeah, I mean, it's... Also, I don't want their trauma. I'm empathetic. I don't want to hear 30 people put more stories in my head. You know what I mean? I have enough. Yeah. Well, that's... I think that's selfish. I think that's where the the veteran groups and the 12-step groups are different because if you go to an AA meeting and you hear something that you identify with and then someone tells you how bad it is, it's a reminder of like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. Like, I can't go back to that. But I think with the veterans group, the whole the whole process is to sort of get past that so when i completely agree when you hear someone else say here's another terrible thing i saw and it's like the medic in me is like oh god and like if they start to break down and have a hard time i'm i i'm i don't Mm -hmm. i can't i just i don't have the spoons anymore yeah that's right spoon theory the spoons well either way very powerful scene i loved it i Uh, did too and also again Nothing against group therapy. If it works for you, yeah. I'm so glad. It's just yeah. not for me personally. Then uh, the next scene is what I thought was probably the most intense one in the movie for me. I agree. It It is a lot. So it's Nick Fury's driving. Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. He's driving a Jeep. I, d- I don't know cars. Some, he, it's like a an SUV. SUV. A very large black yeah. SUV. Yeah. He pulls up. He's in D.C. He pulls up. It, you know we're gonna get timely with this he pulls up to a cop car mm-hmm. and the and the both the cops are white and they look at him and he says i can show you the lease if you want if you want yeah and i was like hell yeah and then uh the light turns green and then five more cop cars show up and they, and they slam into his car slam into his car um and then uh cops and swat people Get out of the car and just start firing. Yeah. And it's, it's super 2020 because you're like... Just just a lot of cops attacking... Just just a black guy in a car sure who's doing is. nothing. And it's it's pretty like... This movie was made in 2012. Um, you know, I'm... Was it? Yeah, I looked it up. Oh, okay. And, you know, police brutality has been around for a very long time, but in the past five years, it's really come to the forefront of national attention. And so watching that scene, I was like, holy crap, right? It's very powerful. Now, they aren't cops. Yeah. So he, you know, he's got a, a an AI in his, his car mm-hmm. who is kind of... It's interesting because the scene is very violent and yes. very visceral. And you, like, are fearing for Nick Fury. And I think there's a little bit of blood. Like, he's kind of yeah. busted up. And they're shooting the car. Oh! And uh, the robot's like, hey, we can't drive. And the armor is going down. And and he's kind of quipping with it. Yeah. Well, so all the cars hit his car. He breaks his wrist. He, like, pulls out a thing to inject it. Instantly heals his wrist. Um, and the AI is like, you know... The shield is at 80%. And he's like, blah, 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 says some quippy joke. Um, and then, oh, yeah. He's going to deploy countermeasures. And he's like, no, wait. And he, he does the classic. Well, so then the AI is like, we don't detect any police presence at this intersection. So it's like to let the audience know these aren't real cops. 
Yeah, don't like, don't get too upset. Yeah, they're secret bad guys, which is like whatever. And then, um, although later in the movie they kind of are, it's I don't know. But let's put a pin in that. Nick Fury hits a button and a machine gun pops up out of the center console, and he mows down some fucking cops. Like it is like, he just and and this whole scene, you know, most a lot of the action in this movie is very comic booky. This whole scene is like very grounded. Yes, I thought other than the the sort of silly technology. Yeah, but I mean they're firing like. Gun, gun. It's like gun porn. I agree. It it's definitely visceral. When it hits the the car, it shakes and it and it split. Like there's, it's very like. Sometimes when they shoot, it's just like pew pew, and there's yeah. like little puffs come yeah. up. But this is just like doing damage, and you're worried about Nick Fury, and he keeps getting like hit by stuff. Mm-hmm. And he gets, he's able to drive. He starts to drive, and. It goes into this like really well shot action car. Yep. All the car chases in this are phenomenal. Absolutely. And then they like box him in again, and he uses his car to like hit another car and like slam a guy away. And then he backs into another guy, and he's like, "Get me off the grid!" This is the part where it's kind of the same in the Joker, where I was like, "How did they plan this?" Uh, where he's driving and he can't see, and then the Winter Soldier calmly walks out and shoots a grenade under, and it it so much reminded me of the Joker walking down the street. Shoots at the at the the Batmobile. The Batmobile, yeah. And yeah. He, he's like, "Hit me!" And he, but like this one, the, the Winter Soldier kind of steps away. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was like, "How did he get there?" Whatever, I guess. What you know, suspension. And then, and then Samuel L. Jackson uses a lightsaber. To, yeah, yeah. To, Call back to his Star Wars. Somebody has gone in and CGI'd in a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, he uses a lightsaber and he and he, he cuts through. Cuts the, a hole in the ground and gets in the sewer. Why didn't he do that? Like right away. Like right away. <laughs> <laughs> also there was a little when can you miss it where he's just where it's like the flight propulsion is offline and he's like oh, just, oh, yeah. what is an offline and they're like air conditioning oh it's yeah operational and I chuckled and I it's was like funny. Look, look at you adding jokes to this crazy violent car chase very funny very funny um, and, and then it cuts to a cap again getting home and he's and he's like you said he's in civilian clothes I think does he have like groceries I think he does. Like a bag of groceries. And he goes and he runs into that nurse and he kind of flirts with her a little. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he's going to... He's going to do gonna... this. Like, you uh, want to get a cup of coffee? Well, yeah, and she's like, wanna... not right now, but maybe later. And he's like, okay. And she's like, hey, your music is on. And he's like, what? Oh, yeah. And then he's... I love that he immediately does the thing I would do of like, I didn't leave music on. And then he goes into cat mode. Yep. And he goes, he comes in through the window and he stealths in and he gets his shield Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then there's Nick Fury, who's like laying on the the love seat, <laughs> and they're playing the song from later in the series. I think that's the same song that him and Peggy have their final dance. Oh, to. it's like a swing, yeah, slow like, jazz song. <laughs> and Nick Nick Fury, I really love this scene because he's like, <laughs> he's like, my wife threw me out. <laughs> and yeah, like, like, you have a wife? Yeah. And then on his phone, Nick Fury types. Ears uh, everywhere. Yeah, ears everywhere can't and, be... Bald. And Cap gets so pissed. Yeah. I love it. Because he, he's just like, you tapped my my apartment? And he's like looking around. First of all, I love that he looks around. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you're not going to see him, buddy. <laughs> but it, I love that he's like, oh, this too? Yeah. I hate you. 
And then and then Nick gets up and he just gets shot. Just brutally just, shot. Just like brown, brown, brown. And you're like, oh god, no blood still. No no blood, but it is a brutal yes. shooting. And and Cap drags him out and, and the girl comes back in with a gun. I'm a, I'm not I'm the nurse 13. next door. I'm Agent 13. Which also pisses off Cap, and he's like, God, more? Who who do you who gave you that order? And she's like, him. Yeah. And, and then, then he just takes off after well, the shooter. The Winter Soldier was the guy who yes. sniped Nick Fury. I this scene of him bashing through apartment walls and knocking doors off hinges yep. and just really cool, just bodying yep. like every door and wall. I was like, this is awesome. It's pretty sick. It's and pretty then he gets cool. up on the roof and and he whips his shield and then oh no, the Winter Soldier catches, catches it, it, throws it right back at him, and then he gets knocked back like four feet, mm-hmm. and then the Winter Soldier just magically just disappears, jumps into a manhole or whatever, and we go to the hospital. Oh yeah, uh, Black Widow shows back up. She everybody's sad because Nick Fury's in surgery, and then and then they call they call that surgery faster than anything. I they're like he's coding. <laughs> Give me. Give me the paddles. Clear. Zap. Give me 200. 200. Uh, give, me, give me a shot of epinephrine. Stat. Clear. Oh, we lost him. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> He's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Massage his yeah, heart, you dumb yeah. dumb. I know. Okay. Spoiler for later in the movie. Nick Fury's not really dead. But I was still, as a medic, was like, you guys called that way too fast. I, you I don't know, believe it. <laughs> you know, I think you know they're not going to kill off Nick Fury. Because Nick Fury's in every Marvel movie. He gives the guy his mission and blah, blah, blah. So I hate this bull shit where... Sorry to to use harsh language. Why are you wasting our time killing this character when you... all know he's not dead. I'm going to bring it back to, although I agree with you, that's a very prevalent mar- problem in most of the Marvel movies. I think this is a pretty homage spy thriller movie. He faked his own death to throw off the spy. It it fits for me because a lot of this movie is just spy movie tropes. Okay, that's fair. But... Did he... Don't you think, like, oh, the mentor pretended to be dead, but then later in the movie he comes back and he wasn't really dead, and haha, that's how we get them, and ah, oh, you idiot, you thought he was dead, he had a secret sauce that made his heart beat real slow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, the born identity or whatever. It would have been the more... Mission Impossible 4. It just would have been more effective if it wasn't Nick Fury, because you're like, you know they're not. Honestly, when I first thought the, saw the movie, I thought, maybe... Because it was so violent. It was pretty violent. And he gets yeah. shot in the chest like <laughs> yeah. a bunch. Yeah. And I was like, well, he doesn't have superpowers. Oh, uh, in this... Um, so Black Widow and Cap are watching... Oh, yeah. The best line... Did, uh, you, did you ID him? He had a metal arm. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Because like, they're both so serious. It was great. I did like that, that even in the midst of like their mentor and their... And basically her dad dying, they're still like, did you see who shot him? Yeah. Do you know anything about him? And then the other one's like, untraceable slug, rush. And she's like, is it Soviet? He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that they're still in like, detective. how man. do we get that? Like, we got to get him. We got to find the guy that shot him. They're not, they're not letting their emotions overtake them. Right. I thought that was, that fit them as characters. Um. So Natalie and Kat talk. 
And Cat sort of begins to understand that Nick Fury came into the knowledge of some type of conspiracy and that S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised. I think he... No, we don't get there yet. What? Well, she... So, Nick Fury tells Cap, S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised. Don't trust anyone. Here is this MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. Keep the MacGuffin Mm -hmm. safe. And then Steve has no idea how to keep anything secret or be a spy. Yeah. So Nat is like, what did Fury tell you? And he's like, he didn't, he didn't tell me anything. And she's like, you're really awful at lying. And he's like, no, I'm not. I, I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Crossbones, um, I forget his name, Malarkey, he, he, wait, hold on. I had it before. Rumlow. Rumlow is like, hey, we gotta go back to shield to meet with pierce robert yeah Redford. so cap meets with Ch- uh, pierce and pierce is like you need to tell me what fury told you and he and cap is honest and he goes fury told me not to trust anyone and then pierce is like well trust me and then cap refuses an order yeah and i think in our to get back to our hero's journey that is him crossing the threshold mm-hmm. this is a point of no return cap is deciding that he is going to trust Fury. He's going to go from loyal soldier to subterfuge spy, which enters the, the a world he does not understand nor is very good at. And he refuses an order. And Pierce is like, hey, fucko. <laughs> Anyone who refuses an order from me. Yeah. All right. I don't swear. I try not to swear. Yeah. Welcome. I do on the podcast. <laughs> uh, also, we're live streaming this on TikTok, which is why I just talked... To no one. I could cut this out, uh, but I probably won't. No, keep it. The world needs to the hear The world it. needs to know <laughs> how popular I am. Um, what were we talking about? So, I derailed myself. So Captain... For Pierce. What? Pierce is yeah. like, don't get in my way. And then Cap is like, I'm, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. And then he gets on an elevator. And which is, this is a great scene. I know. So a bunch of, uh, a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. get on the elevator and um, Captain America has some of that hypervigilance. I was like, this is PTSD. Mm-hmm. He, like, he glances down and he, just noticing the little details of, like, his hand's on his gun. That's yeah. odd. Oh, you look over here. Oh, that guy's sweating. That's a little weird. And then, and then he's, like, slowly dawning on him, like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And, and basically what... That line. I love that line. Where, what is it? Before we get started, does anybody mm-hmm. want to get out? And then, bam, 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 bam. Punch, punch, kick, and kick. And you realize that S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised. Captain America has to fight, like, 20 dudes in an elevator. It's really cool. It's very, it's very well choreographed. They have, like, these metal things that, like, stick his arm to the wall. To the wall. So, at one point, he's fighting one hand. I like that they keep, like, he's such a a, a badass that he can fight 20 dudes in an elevator and also one-handed at one point. He doesn't need the shield. The shield's on the ground. Yep. And then at the end, he like beats them all, and then he does that thing where he stomps on the shield, and it like slams up into his arm. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. And then he like to escape, so cool. he just jumps out of well, the he, elevator. He whips around and he uses the shield to cut the elevator cables. Cable. It slams down, and he like tries to get out, and then he just jumps. He jumps and just uses the shield to like to like. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works hey you know what it's vibranium sure come on (laughs) so begins a very uh, for like this and then subsequent movies of captain america falling from great heights Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. basically looking like oh he should be dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then he just isn't and he just gets up and you're like oh i guess his power is that he has unbreakable bones yes 
Uh, I thought him jumping and like how the shield just like carves into the pavement was like amazing. And then I like that he jumps and he puts his arms out with the shield and does like a parachute fall before he curled up. Yes. I was like, oh, that's smart. He's kind of catching the air. And then there's like a really cool scene where uh, the Quinjet shows up. Yeah, the Quin on he, the bridge. Captain America's like on like a badass Harley Davidson for with, some reason. With the shield wedged in the front, I think. And uh, a jet, because sh- now he's a fugitive. Everyone in shields after him. And he just sort of like rides the motorcycle up onto the wing. No, so he's driving. He slams the brakes on the motorcycle, which flings him up and over the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And then he slams his shield yes. in, and he like one handedly takes out a Quinjet. And I think, and then superhero lands. Yeah, and I think he might even like kill the pilot. I don't. It lands, and he looks back, and it stops before it falls off the bridge. And I think that shot was supposed to be Cap didn't kill them. Oh, okay. I think was what they were going for. Either way, really, not that it matters because really later you cool. find out they're bad guys. Yeah, really cool. Um, then we go and we do the. My favorite thing to point out is the guy giving a list of places. The cop giving orders. I want a police oh, yeah. officer on every corner. Yeah. I want every dime store. Yeah. And he gives, he's like, I want, I want eyes on, I want every cell phone. If somebody so much as tweets about him, I want to know about it. Every yeah. re- red light's going to be red. I was like, oh. Is that Pierce who's saying all No, that? that was, um, he is, first of all, the only not white bad guy. Because I noticed that all the Hydra bad oh, guys yeah. are, are pretty white. Pretty white, pretty Robert Redfordy. Well, or like, you know, all the, all the like cops are, I was like, yeah. is there, is there, is there messaging here? Yeah. Um, his, his name is, uh, they, they, it's Sitwell, Sit, Sitwell or something. They saved him at the beginning. He was the guy that was like, we don't negotiate. Terror. Oh, that guy. Okay. So he gives his big dumb speech and, uh, so Cap goes back to the hospital where he left the disc and he found out that Black Widow had taken it from the vending machine. Yeah. And then they're like she's like i know who killed bucky yeah and gives a, a speech about how he shot her and she, oh yeah she the, shot her, like shot assassinated a guy by shooting through, through her. her and she goes bye bye bikinis and then cap has a weird line where he's just like yeah but you look terrible on him now and i'm like i don't i don't get this line yeah because he's like angry and he's like doesn't know who to trust and and I guess he's starting to trust her. And I'm like, is this his way of kind of bantering a little bit back yeah, into it, like, oh, we're kidding again. It's also like he's so terrified of any type of sexuality in any context. Because like earlier in the movie, uh, Black Widow's like, oh, you should ask her out. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a American virgin. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I bet, I bet you look terrible. Yeah, You're so I'd still hot. hit it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they go to a mall. A mall. This is my favorite scene And in the Captain America has really ugly shoes on. Yes. Were those, those good-looking shoes? I couldn't tell. I, I don't know fashion. I don't know. They go... I thought they were supposed to look bad. They go to the Apple store. Mm-hmm. And in the most realistic scene in the movie, they're trying to figure out this, <laughs> this like, spyware software thing and a guy comes up and just starts annoying them and which always happens when you go to the apple store and then i wrote this line down because i loved it so much he goes uh if you guys uh need anything i've been aaron oh. and he holds out his little genius card oh, oh that's so, hard. 
so annoying. It's so an- I hate those people. <laughs> oh, and it's so perfect. I've been Aaron. I've oh, been made me laugh Aaron, so hard. pretentious little. Um so yeah, and and it's hilarious like they're at a mall and like Shield is like, "Okay, we got to I like this scene because, again, we're in the extraordinary world of of Joseph Campbell, and Cap has no idea how to be on the run. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, Widow, I'm going to go fight these guys in the middle of this mall. I'll meet you by the loading dock. And she's like, put your arm around my shoulder and laugh. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even entertain his asinine idea of, like, I'm going to fight my entire way. She's like, shut up. Listen to me. And they do it, and it works. And they get on an elevator, and she's like, kiss me. And he's like, what? She's like, kiss me. Public displays of affection make people uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, really? And then she kisses him. And he's like, oh. <laughs> it's really it's, funny. It's pretty awkward. And then they get by Rumlow. And, and she she kind of laughs. And, and she's like, do you, do you still feel uncomfortable? And he's like, that's not the word I would use. And I'm like, are you? Is that a, is that is a, that a boner joke? Uh, yeah. Is that a Captain America's making a boner wow. joke? Wow. This is... This is a movie for children. What did I write down here? <laughs> Cap has to learn how to blend in. He's a fish out of water, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, I think it just cuts to them in a in a car. They're, okay, so so <laughs> so they like at the Apple Store. They have this. <laughs> this sounds like I'm making it up, but it's true. They put in the disc from Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and they triangulate it to. They're like, oh, we found uh, where the files are. It's in. New Jersey, <laughs> which is such an unexotic place for like spy files to be. I wonder if that was kind of like a, the joke, because I, I it has to be. Like, where's where'd you bury all that treasure? Uh, New, New, New Jersey, Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> and then, so the scene after the mall, um, they're in a car, and Black Widow says, uh, "Where did you learn to steal a car?" And Cap says, "Nazi Germany." <laughs> And it, we didn't steal it. We borrowed it. Take your feet off. The yeah, dash. yeah. Which is, I love that dynamic. Just very funny. And they start having like a conversation about being spies. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, I basically him being like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. More or less is is the thing. And he's like, I don't know who to trust. And I just and he's like, How do you get by? And she's like, Well, you know, I just am whatever people want me to be. And yeah. he's like, That seems lonely and sad. And she's like, It is, but I haven't died. And she has a line where where he goes. Uh, that's a hard way to live. And she says, it's a good way not to die, though. And she just looks so sad and oh, wistful. Poor Natasha. I've, I felt bad. I, she just wants a family. Is that is that where um, he, like, puts her in the friend zone? Well, I, I don't know if they ever... Because I think she, like, tries to, like, come on to him. And he's... She says something along the lines she of, like... She says, what do you want me to be? And he said, how about a friend? And then she says, I think you're in the wrong business. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that was her being like, I want to sleep with you so much as like, well, like what? Like, I think that's her way of, I think that she really respects him and likes him because she seems so sad whenever he doesn't mm. trust her. Mm. And she, he can't trust her because she's so like shapeshifty in yeah. her allegiances and in her, they also get married and have kids in the comics. But Oh, really? Yes. In and the it, In the movies, she's like, she she's with Hawkeye, but she has a thing with like. I, she's Hulk. not with Hawkeye. They just have like they're just like really good friends. Oh, Hawkeye's married and has kids. Oh, I don't know. It's she's she has like a rela- <laughs> I mean, she has like a platonic relationship with Hawkeye. Yeah, they're like best friends, and she sort of flirts with Cap a lot, but she like actually cares for mm-hmm. Bruce. 
Or wants a relationship with Bruce. So they get to the place in New Jersey. Cap has a flashback to when he was uh, a skinny boy in basic training. It does. You know, it's like, okay, hey, remember that from the last movie? I was thinking about you being like, just seeing that and be like, great body shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Remember when I was short and skinny? Ugh. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, it's a dead end. And then Cap is like, wait a minute. That there's an... I don't know why I give yeah. Cap like a transatlantic Don't... accent. That there's an ammunition depot. <laughs> and that can't be within 50 yards of the barracks. That building's out of place. And then they like they go inside in the shield. And he's sad about Peggy again. Yeah. And then they go down and they run into Arnim Zola. Yeah. from the a computer now. From the first movie. Who in is also Modok. No. Yeah. No. Arnim Zola is his own character. Oh. Modok is a different character. Although also a giant head. Yeah. No, because Zola turns into like a machine with a tummy that has a, oh. like a face on it. Oh. Damn. No. Modok is Modok isn't even from Nazi he's not Hydra. Modok oh. is AIM. He runs oh. advanced idea mechanics. Oh damn. I got my D list. You sure did mixed up. But, Don't worry, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. So he runs into Arnim Zola. Who's uh, a computer now. Who's a, uh, who's a, he was a, a... I am Swiss. He's a, from the first movie, he was like the Swiss scientist who helped the Red Skull. He's a Nazi. Uh, he was a member of Hydra. And then there's just this, like, this speech that I was just like, whoa. Because he says, here's what happened. We at Hydra realized... And by Hydra, they mean like Nazis or whatever. They were like, we realized that fascism couldn't win if we were super upfront about it. We learned that during World War II. So what we realized is, let's create a world of subtle fascism where we don't have to take people's freedom. They hand it over to us. So the the Nazi slash Hydra, the hive mind infiltrated the u.s government and caused them to do all of these coups global terrorism uh unjust wars throughout the globe for the past 60 years and anyone who got in their way got assassinated, assassinated like howard stark and i was just like oh so you're just describing america during the cold war <laughs> now here's here's a problematic thing i just thought of doesn't that sort of excuse the U.S.'s behavior to just be like, every bad thing we've ever done was secretly Hydra? Well, I mean, in the context of the movie, yes. But I think if you look at it in like, like, uh, in like, basically the, the message I got from that scene was we defeated fascism, but then we inherited it. And we are doing, we're doing the same thing they did. We're oppressing people, starting unjust wars, and just utilizing geopolitics in like the most destructive, hurtful way possible. I think that's a very strong message that backs up the whole Project Insight is the Patriot Act. Yes. Because basically after 9-11, Americans lined up to give their freedoms away. Things that used to be like unthinkable. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, I guess it's fine that you strip search us every time we get on an airplane. And I guess it's okay that you tap all of our communications. And I guess it's okay if you create an entire department that spies on America's entire, like, citizenry. And that's all fine. And you can round us up, I guess, Mm -hmm. as long as it's going to stop 
terrorism. Yeah. Just the concept of. Well, even, even like, what did he say? Secretly feeding crisis and reaping war. And uh, the goal was to create a world so chaotic that people were demanding that they create this like military police state. And then he literally uses the phrase new world order which was a phrase that George H.W. Bush used during the first Gulf War and has been a lot of conspiracy theorists say that like there's this idea of the new world order and all this stuff about American empire and all this stuff. But I was like, damn, I didn't realize a comic book movie was going to go there, especially like we were saying a kid's movie. (laughs) Yeah, it it sure does i they also that that's come up now the new world order is is yeah. the is the now the the straw man of the right uh which Whoa. is funny because it was you know it is an ideology of the right yeah. this this is but now they're saying that like you know george soros and those dastardly oh, yeah. dems uh who by the way i i i've been blowing up tiktok where is my check george yeah like, I, <laughs> for real i have been making <laughs> video after video about how much I hate the president and yeah. you just have not, I, I have not gotten a single check and it's, you know, what am I even doing this for? Yeah. Obviously I have Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. I, this, that scene, all of this, I mean, we're going to probably talk about this more, but it brings up so much of like our current day political oh, situation yeah. of, of these people that are just so openly in support of fascism and so openly like angrily demanding that their rights be stripped from them. So that they can support this. Uh, I mean, that's what Trump is doing. He's Absolutely. creating, you know, he's giving more power to these hate groups and it's emboldening them. They're basically Hydra. Mm-hmm. These far right extremist, all all male, uh, chauvinist, misogynistic driven. And the Hydra was that. It's, it's almost exclusively men. Uh I don't think there was any female Hydra agents that we see. If there are, I, I'm I forgetting. Mean, yeah. But this well, idea that they've hidden under plain sight, that, mm-hmm. that they came up in the government, it's like that's what we're seeing right now. Exactly. Mitch McConnell, how is he any different from the senator in this movie? By the way, the same one that attacked Iron Man in Iron Man 2 and wanted him to give him the Iron Man suit, and then Iron Man makes fun of him. That's the same actor who plays the greasy senator. Are you talking about Gary Shandling? Yes. Oh, man. Gary Shandling was in Iron Man 2, and he's like, why, you give us that Iron Man suit. And he's like, no, I've privatized world peace. I'm Captain, or I'm oh. Iron Man. Pew, pew, pew. So it's a little callback to Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. And it's kind of like, that guy's a greasy, no good Hydra yeah. guy. Okay. I didn't... Making me think of Mitch McConnell, who I didn't was a greasy, no good fascist. I, that scene was, um... Well, well that's we'll get the to next that. scene. There's, there's so we're Arnim Zola. Also, I think in this he says to Black Widow, son, daughter of blank blank whatever, oh, really? and she goes, "I didn't know my father's name," oh. and that's like the first time she heard it. Which I was like, "Oh, that's isn't that a detail?" That's sad. And then there's a very funny line where no, that was from Endgame. Never mind. Oh man, that's from Endgame. Come on, bro. Oh, I oopsies. So there's a funny line where like the Shield is like found out where they are and they fire a missile towards the bunker and um zola is like um your first mistake was i'm actually swiss and then he goes he goes i want to do it let me do it i am afraid i have been stalling captain it seems we are both 
men out of time! Yeah. <laughs> and then everything explodes. Explodes. It's so it's cheesy. It's so perfect. It's great. We are both men out, out of, of time. time. Because they're both men out of time. Yes. And they're both out of to live. It's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quadruple on time. It's drive. amazing. Uh, everything blows up. But they survive. Then... There's a scene that was unintentionally hilarious. It was Pierce. No, no, you forgot the, the 9-11 imagery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Cap grabs Widow. They dive into the floor and he puts the shield over them. The whole building collapses mm-hmm. on them. And then Cap, like, pushes his way out of rubble. He's completely covered in dust. The light is, like, and it just is this blown out ground zero yeah, looking imagery and it's so obviously an homage to 9-11 mm-hmm. and like just that slow sweeping shot and then of course the, the shield agents yeah. or the hydra agents come in and then they somehow they escape. get away yeah yeah then we cut to pierce pierce <laughs> it's like it's midnight he's in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like he he gets a glass of milk <laughs> Um, and then he turns around and boom, the Winter Soldier's at his breakfast nook. <laughs> and he's like... Did you notice that the Winter Soldier, I don't know if my TV messed up, but his his face is lit with like a triangular spot. No. Light. And when it's, when it's, he's in the background, it's a little too bright. Oh, really? And it like was, it was too shiny on my screen and I was chuckling. Because they're still trying to not let you know it's Bucky. Yeah. Even though, it, like, you isn't can... the whole premise of this movie... Like, it, even if you have never heard of this, like, the marketing of this movie is the Winter Soldier is Bucky. Like, you just know that. Everyone knows that. I knew that, but I don't... I don't... Maybe dum-dums don't. I mean, maybe my parents might was not there any point in the movie where you didn't realize that was Sebastian Stan? No! I mean, I didn't even... I knew that was him... I knew that 10 years ago. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Like, stop with this, like, stupid reveal. We all know it. But, so he tells the, Pierce tells the Winter Soldier, he's like, listen, I want you to kill Tap- Captain America and do it within 10 hours. Right? And then the cleaning lady comes back and she's like, I forgot my phone. And Pierce turns around and it's like, man, it's really unfortunate you had to see this. And then he just shoots yeah, her. Yeah, he just shoots her because he's the bad guy. Yeah, and it's like, hey, this is the bad guy. This is the bad Have he... you figured out that Robert Redford is the bad guy? <laughs> Shooting cleaning ladies, drinking milk. <laughs> so they show up to Sam Wilson's house. Yeah. Where, oh, boy, do I have a lot to unpack here. Yes. And, and Cap is like, hey, everyone we know is trying to kill us. Or maybe mm. Widow says that. And then Sam's like, not everyone. Yeah. And then they... Uh, they go in and they're and they're you know cleaning themselves up and Widow just looks shook mm-hmm. and Cap goes over and he's like are you okay and she she said the line that resonated with me like so hard and she goes um, she says I I thought that I had turned good because mm-hmm. she used to be a bad guy and she's like I thought I knew who I was like working for and I was wrong again I keep working for the bad guys am I the bad guy. And I was like, oh my God, I have literal, I have a literal bit. Yes. One of my most infamous stand-up bits that got me past the New York Comedy Club is like a four-minute bit where I slowly unravel this idea that maybe being in Afghanistan wasn't good. And like, 
Like, because that was my journey. I came home, and like, when you're there, you're like, "Where everything I do is good and and healthy and right, and war is positive." Because I was told it was. And then you slowly sort of unpack it, and I went into like, "Oh God, everything I did was terrible, and all war is bad, and like, I'm a monster." And then I've sort of settled back into like, "It is very complicated." Mm -hmm. And so I think you see her go through all those emotions of like, "What am I gonna do now?" I thought I was good, maybe I'm bad. And then Cap uh, is just like. I forget what he says to her, but she's like, would you trust me to save your life if you needed it? And he goes, I would now. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then they, they're with Sam and Sam, and then Sam is like, hey, let me join you guys. Well, he gives, (laughs) he gives a little pitch where they're like, how are we going to steal a guy in broad daylight? Which is odd, because they didn't actually use the suit to do that. He's like, I have a way. And he shows them his falcon wings. And Cap's like, I thought you were a pilot. And he's like, nope. I have a magical flying suit that the military has been using for years. It's a tough sell, because, like, I know they're being true to the comic book, but, like... No, they're not. Really? Falcon in the comic book is, like, a guy who has slightly falcon powers, because he has, like, a psychic connection with a bird, and he has a big, dumb red suit. Well... Okay. He, I don't think he was like an ex paratrooper with a, an exoskeleton wingsuit. They tried it like, all right, the Falcon as a character is is silly. Yeah, that's it's, just it's, silly. It's, it's, it's just a man with bird wings. But they tried their hardest to be like, no, it was it was like a. Military. I like this Falcon. And really, they, I think it's cool. You don't think it's cool? I do think it's cool. I just think it's a tough thing to translate to a movie. Sure. You know, and I think they did a pretty good job with it, but inherently there's going to be like, if I was Captain America and I was like, wait, see, so, see so your, your thing is you have wings and you flap around. It is, it is a tough <laughs> sell because this is the same. Now in this movie, it works because like Cap can't fly and, mm-hmm. and Sam can fly. Yes. So it just gives him like a better, it gives him powers that Cap doesn't have. But then he, in the other movies, like. There's Iron Man, yeah. who both can fly, but also has, like, all this other stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it's funny that... I mean, they do, in, like, Civil War, give Sam more to do with the wings. Like, he starts mm-hmm. to use them as, like, to, like, wrap shield. them around himself mm-hmm. as a shield and stuff, which is very cool looking. In this, it's very... He seems like he can barely fly in this. And later on, like, one of the wings just gets destroyed. Just gets ripped off. And you're like, oh, man. Oh, it was that easy to take yeah. you out. So... There's a, a line there where where Sam... I, I brought this up to you at the beginning, of, before the podcast. I thought that in the beginning of the film, Sam represented sort of the option of Cap to just leave it all behind. Mm-hmm. What if I just got out of the service entirely? And then when they go back to Sam, as opposed to that thread being continued, Sam is like, actually, what if I give up my happy retirement yeah. and go back into the pseudo-military, and the line he uses is, well, Captain America needs my help. I I can't think of a better reason to get back in. And I was like, oh no. I I mean, on the one hand, this man, like, he was so happy not being in the military. He has a line where he's like, I'm not taking orders from anyone. I'm helping my support group. I go running in the morning. Who knows what his job is. Yeah. Maybe he works for the VA. But then he's like, well, you're Captain America, so I guess I'll go back to the fighting. And I was like, well, I would. I would do that for Captain America. I would be so happy to be Captain America's best friend. Are you kidding? Like, So what does that say? Does that... I don't know. I don't know how to unpack that. Is it... 
leadership? Is it the the quality that Captain America gives off that makes me want to follow him and do and like? Well, if Cap thinks this is important, it must be. So, all right, why you, you talk about a lot? Not to get too serious, but you talk about how you joined because of nine eleven. In part, right? Um, in part, in part. So, is that saying that like if another thing like that were to happen, you would be motivated to rejoin? Well, I when the coronavirus hit, I applied to re get relicensed as a paramedic, mm-hmm. even though I am very disabled. And I my thought process was when it first happened was like this is going to be a huge thing, and it's all hands on deck, and we gotta. And I was like, it doesn't matter if I'm incapable of handling this i gotta try so i signed up and i had like probably the worst panic attacks of my life for the first month of the the virus because i just kept waiting to hear if they were gonna need me or if they would take me and it was like yes and no and then i got connecticut reached out and they were like we will take you back we'll give you your license and we'll let you work but i kind of told myself like no i refuse to leave the city this is where i live i think maybe that was an excuse i was giving myself then the military reached out to me and were like, we will also take you back. We need combat medics. We'll... And I was like, oh, uh, hell to the no. Because I refuse to be under Trump in any capacity. And then, you know, the coronavirus was just such a nightmare and, and a shit show that I... All of the first responders I knew were having a hard time and not in the like... Literally, most of them were like, do not help. Do not come back. We're being fired, we're being laid off, we're not getting paid. Nurses I know are getting, like, hours cut or fired. And it's just like, oh, it's not an all-hands-on-deck situation. I'm sure in some places, you know, people came back, doctors and stuff, and I'm sure it helped, but I don't know if I would have been... I I think I would have just been stuck somewhere swabbing noses, and I was like, that's not worth the PTSD being inflamed or catching the virus just so they could put me in a room somewhere. But I guess that says to the point that when I saw an emergency, I mm-hmm. volunteered mm-hmm. until I saw that it wasn't going to be what I thought. So would you say that because you talked about you went to war because you had like this idealistic vision of it and then you went and then you really struggled with because it wasn't that mm-hmm. idealistic vision and that gave you perspective. And do you see how that sort of might have influenced this this go around? Yes. I basically realized... I would be doing the same exact thing again. Mm. I would be volunteering for something I thought was important, and then I would get hurt and screwed. Yeah. And I was like, uh, learn from this, Pat. And then I didn't do it. And I like, I, it took me like a really long time to make this decision because I was like working with my therapist, and I was like, I feel like it's the right thing to do. I should sacrifice myself for the country. And she's like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, no, I should. It's my, it's my duty. And she's like, it isn't. It is not. <laughs> You do not have to go catch the coronavirus. And she's like, you already did a thing. You did. You went overseas. You already did this whole game. They told you they needed you. You did it. They didn't. They lied. You're hurt now. You're, you've been dealing with it for 10 years. You haven't even unpacked that. Now you want to go do the same thing for the government again? No, Pat. Don't do it. And all my friends and literally everyone in my life was like, Pat, you do, you do not have to do this. I was like, yes, I do, because Captain America. So it sounds like a codependent relationship. Because the government? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You do something really nice and giving for someone in in expectation that you will get some sort of reward. 
you do it and that expectation isn't met and it creates all this dystonic resentment within you. And, and then, so the key is to like a lot of people have to learn how to advocate for themselves, Mm. which it sounds like you did here because that urge to be like, well, people, I need, I must, I need to, I must. And, and (laughs) I mean, no, knowing you and like what we've talked about on here, like, I can't imagine what, like, can you imagine if in April, like you got it or were exposed to like, I don't know, like people dying or like, I can't, I don't think it would have been good for me. Yeah. I, I just, I think that like, you know, cause in the same way that I, in, in the midst of the pandemic, I felt like, oh, the people are suffering. I have this, I need to help. And I figured out, I just did mask delivery for like a, a socialist organization that my friend was in. And I really liked that because it was like, I was giving, but like on my own terms Mm. and not not in a way that was really you know i wasn't like exposing myself to anything or it's about sort of negotiating like what's the best way for you to give back to society in a way where you you don't necessarily like have to expose yourself i think it's also an important lesson that is they tried to drill into me when i was a medic and i i don't think it worked they're, like medics have a problem where they want to run at, uh, oh, that guy's hurt. Yeah. I want to go there and I want to fix him. I don't care if people are shooting. And they had to like train us not to do that because unfortunately some of the guys overseas, uh, uh, Al-Qaeda especially, like to shoot medics uh, because it's, it's, it upsets everybody. And so they shoot one guy and they wait and then they, they shoot the idiot that goes out to help him. That's why in 2003... We lost so many, and why I am a medic, because we ran out, and they made all the colorblind people medics. That being said, I completely lost my train of thought. Probably from the war damage. Hold on, I'll get there. Medic, don't run out. Oh, my thought, like, I think that I needed to learn, and I'm starting to learn now, that, like, there are more, there are roles, and... If I can get, like, maybe there's someone who needs to run out there. Like, in the military, what we did was we found the lowest ranking private who was the least consequential to the mission. And we'd be like, you go get that guy. Because if you get shot, it's not as big a deal as if the medic gets shot. Because there's only one medic and there's 40 of, Mm -hmm. there's 40 privates and there's one medic. Send a private. When you have a gas attack, (laughs) the actual military response to a gas attack, if you don't have, like, the specialized equipment to test the air is you wait a certain amount of time and then you go to the lowest ranking private and you go, all right, take your mask off. And then you just see what happens. Oof. That is like in worst case scenarios. Yeah. And if you're pretty sure that the gas is gone, mm-hmm. but still, yeah. you know, it's not the Lieutenant who's going to test the air. It's the, the lower ranking private. So I think there's that I needed to start to understand that like I can give back in ways that don't require me to die. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, me not dying is probably better because I can give back in ways that are more like, I think like, you know, people tell me on, on TikTok that I'm helping them or making them seem valid or seen or whatever. I don't know why I'm so dismissive of that wonderful yeah. thing, but I, I wouldn't be able to do that if I had gone and, and, and just, you know, gotten coronavirus or whatever. Well, and that just ties to what I feel is like a larger 
issue is that, you know, people, and I think we've talked about this before, they'll say, oh, you know, uh, the troops, the troops, they, they, you know, they're the most important because they, they fought for your freedom. And, and they'll say that about like police too, which like I'm acknowledging very big sacrifice, but like no one ever talks about the teachers or like the social workers or like the the doctors, the people. Or paramedics. Yeah. I always thought that was weird. I'm actively saving lives. And these cops, which are, I don't know if you guys have noticed, shooting a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they get like nine television shows. No television shows about paramedics who exclusively save lives. Yeah. yeah. Never accidentally shoot nobody. Well, it, it's just that like to fight and to die is seen as noble. But like. There's a lot more work that goes into running a democracy successfully than just fighting enemies. You have to educate people and and help out poor people and like even like clean up the streets and shit like that. Well, we hate those people. Yeah, but no, 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 no. no. Teachers are overpaid. They're overpaid. Overpaid. How bums. dare they? Bums. I, they want more than $30,000 a year. How dare they? Just to teach our youth Ugh. in overcrowded classrooms without proper supplies? My God. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Don't you know our <laughs> military veterans are carrying hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment each? Yeah. It's... It's... Oh, boy. That was a tangent. All right. That, that went places. Yeah. Did we answer a question in there? I can't... Did we leave a thread? I don't remember. So there's... Oh... Sam, Cap, coming back into the service. And then eventually becoming Captain America. Yeah, which we don't see in this movie. No, we haven't seen yet. He just gets the shield at the end of Endgame. Yes. Um, So then they drive somewhere, as people do, and a big highway fight happens. Well, they go and they get Sitwell, and they interrogate him to find out what is on this drive that is so darn important. Yes. And it's weird because Falcon is like, how are we going to kidnap this guy in broad daylight? I have a wingsuit. Let's go <laughs> yeah, get yeah. the wingsuit. But then, instead of doing that, they just point a laser pointer at him. And are like, if you don't get in this car, we'll shoot you. Yeah. And I was like, why did you need the wingsuit? It, 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 of course, later in the next scene, they like kick him off a building. But I'm like, that's not... You could that, yeah. that, you didn't need to do that. It's. But they kick him off a building. Or Cap is like, I'm going to throw you off this building. And the guy's like, no, you're not. You're Captain America. And he's like, she's not. And then she just like... Full on kicks Sparta kicks him off a building. And then, you know, I like that they banter a little yeah. as he's falling to his death. She's like, oh, what about that one girl? And he's like, with the... Yeah. And this line's really great. And he goes, the girl with the lip ring? She goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not ready for that. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, because she has a lip ring? Like, I, oh, I love the man. idea that he's like, I, I'm so bad with women. Oh, God. That the idea of a woman with a lip ring is like too... He's intimidated. <laughs> oh, she might... Ooh. Oh, she shops at Hot Topic. Though Ooh. I will say that's pretty 1940s. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. So uh, the guy comes back and he's like, Project Insight is an algorithm, much like the one that's controlling my life here in TikTok, uh, yeah. that can sense, it, it, it reads the internet, it reads everything about you, and then predicts the future of whether or not you're going to be anti-fascist. Yeah, basically. Literally. Yeah. They're like, Who, what's your voting record? I like when they're giving the, like, all your information's online. And he goes, even your friggin' SATs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that? 
That's the most that's, important. Yeah, that's the thing. You didn't want to bring up like all the social media, dude. By like browser history. <laughs> so the so basically, these helicarriers are gonna raise into the air, mm-hmm. and they're gonna just shoot every good person. Yeah. <laughs> every the president, like uh, Tony Stark, Bruce yeah. Banner, Doctor ba- uh, Stephen Strange. Strange, even though he's not Doctor Strange yet. Yeah, they name drop him. They just name drop him, and and they're like, yeah, he's just, they're just gonna shoot all of them. Yeah. And shoot so many people. For being good. For being good. Because we could tell by their SATs. Yeah. And they're like, oh no. And then they go onto the highway. Yes. And they're driving. And then the winter soldier reaches into the car, grabs Sitwell, and then throws him in front of a big rig. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so fast. It's they're so just like, good. oh no, the winner. <laughs> yeah, it's just, very funny. Just whips him out of the car. <laughs> and then no one reacts to that. Yeah. And like it's that guy's just dead. It's funny because like before, I think they might have said a line like, uh, "We'll keep you alive. You'll be all right." And then when they're going to use him, they're like, "We're going to use you to, to bypass security and get in there." Yeah. And you're like you guys are crazy. <laughs> and they just so the that car chase, great, great this scene. Whole scene, I think, is the best scene in the movie. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty cool. We start. I mean, we're not going to be able to describe it all, but we start with a very high-speed car chase where the Winter Soldier is, like, shooting into the car, mm-hmm. and Black Widow's, like, kind of moving everyone around to get them out of the way. And then another, like, a, they, she slams on the brake, I think. The, the Winter Soldier flies off the car, and then a Jeep hits him from behind, and he yeah. does, like, a backflip back onto the car, and then Cap, like, r- flips the vehicle and, like, jumps out onto a door, and they go sliding. And he, like, jumps... From the overpass, like, into a bus? No, he doesn't jump. Oh. So him and Widow are on the door. Falcon gets kind of rolls off back, so they get separated. The Winter Soldier shoots a 203 grenade at Captain America. He takes it with his shield, but he goes ragdolling mm-hmm. off a bridge through a bus. Yes. And he's, like, full on, like, like I'm like, how is he? That's a dead person. Yeah. He slams into a bus. It, like, destroys most of the bus. Mm-hmm. And then he's just all the way in it. And he, like... He, they just... He randomly breaks a woman's leg. He does? When he lands in the bus. Because then the next scene, he's, like, getting ready to get out of the bus. And she's just, like, wrapping her... Like, the one dude is wrapping a bandage around her knee. And she looks really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so then a widow jumps off uses her grapple she shoots the winter soldier in the face but mm-hmm. it, he takes it on his like little lens and then he takes his his glasses off and we see oh who is that who could that be yeah who could that be and, and then he shoots like a lot at that mm-hmm. bus yeah and then a guy with a minigun oh comes yeah out and he just is just pouring fire into this bus also there's a scene where like there's this one guy helping everyone out of the bus but not Captain America. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, you guys just left? Well, I I feel like everyone in the bus was kind of pissed at Cap. <laughs> they were like, we're having a nice bus ride. <laughs> we were just going through DC. Um, the dude with the minigun, Captain so somehow Captain America gets his shield uh-huh. and he's charging the dude with the minigun. Mm-hmm. The dude with the minigun is firing exclusively I at wrote the down, shield. Why don't you shoot him in the leg? Shoot his leg! Shoot it. This, this, we are not the first people to have this take, but it's so obvious. <laughs> Just shoot because he's the... standing. I mean, he's squatting a little, but there's like his a solid like two feet of legs. 
And the guy's shooting the minigun, and then he's using the shield to deflect the minigun fire back at... Now, that shield, in the first movie, she shoots it, and the bullets stop and fall to the ground. Yeah. And in this one, they are perfectly reflected back, and I'm like, this shield does whatever. It, yeah, whatever, whatever they want. It, yeah. it either deflects all momentum, or it, <laughs> it, it it's the opposite... Cause he's and he just he's killing people just mm-hmm. using the minigun and then he he turns it on the minigun guy. Oh, it's great. I think we cut the Winter Soldier. Here's what I love about this scene: each of them fights very differently. Mm-hmm. Captain America is just a big old tank. Yeah, he he just stands in the middle of the room. Everybody shoots at him. He blocks it with his shield and he slams into people mm-hmm. and he just takes a beating. Yeah, Widow can't do any of that, so she just runs away. She's finesse. She's, she's finesse and trickery. She puts her little, um, her phone is her talking and the Winter Soldier like rolls a bomb to it. And then it explodes and he looks surprised. And I'm like, was he looking for like her body to be? I'm like, and he looks surprised and then she jumps on him and then he, he kind of fights With her. Like a, like a... She try, he tries to whip his yeah. neck. That's her move. And then she just scampers off. Yeah. I love that when she just runs. And then, uh, um, and then we get into like an extended knife fight between the Winter Soldier uh-huh. and Captain America. I think... I think at some point Falcon gets a gun, starts shooting people. He's he he kind of disappears, and I think he's putting his wingsuit on. Yeah, we have a really cool fight. Winter Soldier's shooting all his different guns at Cap. Cap's you know fighting, punching. He does like a really cool twisty knife thing. It gets jammed into a van. Yeah, it's really cool. Everything, all of it was very visceral and exciting, and it felt like they were evenly matched. Very Jason Bourne kind yes. of combat. Um, is this where it's the big reveal that... Yeah, his face then gets ripped off, and he's like, Bucky? Yeah. And he's like, who the hell is Bucky? Yeah. And it, for me, it's like, dude, we've known you've been Bucky this whole time. Like, there's no emotional impact to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because the beginning of the movie has that long scene where they're like, this is Bucky Bonds, Bucky! Remember? He died! Remember him? Don't forget about <laughs> Bucky Bonds! <laughs> the winter... Oops! 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 Almost gave away the, the goods! Yeah. So, uh, then Widow shoots a 203 grenade at the Winter Soldier. He goes away, I think. And then all the Hydra agents show up. Mm-hmm. Or... Falcon flies in and like kicks him away, yeah. and then the Hydra people show up, and then and they're like, "Don't shoot him on live TV," Please. as as if that was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but whatever. I want to be like, <laughs> wait, what? What do you think was just happening? Did you miss the highway gunfight? Yeah, with the one guy with the metal arm. <laughs> the people on this bus are pissed. You don't think people on this bus <laughs> saw it? All the minigun guy. Oh my god! Again, though, no death, no blood. Yeah. Very Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. It's well shot and it's exciting and it's action, but there's it's it's so it's bloodless. It is it is absolutely war porn. It oh, is, big it time! Is, how cool is this? He's big got time. a gun on his back and he's gonna pull that one out. And now he's got a knife and then mm-hmm. blah, 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 even blah, the way blah. he pulls out the combat knife and sort of like and he twirls twist. it oh. and he does like a flip with it. It's how he's so, casually reloading the 203 yeah. clunk thunk, it's all the, super pornographic mm, and I loved it and yeah. I hated it and I was like oh 
And, I love and hate this. And this scene compared to the grand finale, a little more grounded. I think so. It lots was, of guns. Lots other of, than the fact that like there are two super soldiers, but even then, because they're so evenly matched, they don't seem to have superpowers no, anymore. No. Because when they're punching each other, they're they're, just they, each blows. of them can take a, the hit. And, but he does have a metal arm. But who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't have a metal arm? So uh, I love that. By the way, it's a car chase into a gunfight. On multiple, like a, a multi-tiered layered gunfight with multiple protagonists with offset powers that then leads into a punchy-punch knife fight. Yeah. It's so, it goes so many places. Yes. It's just... It's cool. It's great. It's this cool. is the first movie that the Russo brothers directed mm-hmm. for the Marvel. They did this, then Civil War, then they did Infinity War oh. and Endgame. So this is the first time... This is like their first set piece. Okay. Which then leads to these massive battles. Yeah, it was very cool. Very, very cool. Then they're in they're in the back of a van. Oh yeah. So they're in a yeah, they're in a van. Black Widow's like, oh, it was Bucky. And Cap says, even when I had nothing, I had Bucky. Ugh. I'm so sad. And uh and then while they're being driven to like whatever, the execution spot. Because they couldn't just shoot him in the van. Yeah, which is like so stupid. And they, then Maria Hill. Beats up a bunch of guards and then is like, big reveal. Did you get Luke Skywalker vibes when she took the helmet off? Yeah. Yeah. Of like, you're a little short for a stormtrooper. Yeah, I'm Maria Hill. And then she also had a lightsaber. And they cut a hole. hole And they do the same thing. And they escape. And they escape. And Um, then we go to the bank vault scene. Yes. Where it's the Winter Soldier, Bucky. I want to talk about that set. Why are they in a bank vault? Why are all the security deposit boxes open? Why are they open at different intervals? Why does it... It, it first of all, looks very, very spy thriller. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet in a bank vault mm-hmm. before the big... Uh, yeah, yeah. But I just had so many questions. Yeah. Like, why do you have a bank vault? Is it an abandoned bank? And Bucky, <laughs> Bucky just looks like a 90s grunge singer. He's like, his, he has his, his long curly. hair, he has like, like mascara, he's like shirtless, and he's like, I don't even know, like, my real name. <laughs> right? That, that accent you just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, you're n- Oh wait, who are you? I know, I, I know, I, wait, hold on. <laughs> How's the song go? I don't know how anybody <laughs> feels the way I do about you now. Yeah, who is that's, that? Is that that's who you were doing? Was that yeah. who you were doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that scene in a, in a nutshell. Because they're like, I don't know. They're like, Pierce comes in and they're like, oh, the free unfreezing has scrambled his brain. And he's sitting there and he's like being very pensive. Yeah. He's like, I knew that man. And then, and then Pierce just slaps him in the face and he just casually looks over like, oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that man? He's like, you saw him a week ago. And he's like, I know him. Yeah. And they're like, you're, you're such an amazing per." Like, that was a weird appeal to his, like, morality. Like, you've done such good. We, we just need to do one more. And I'm like, you're brainwashing him. Yeah. Do you need to do it's, this? It was weird. And then they're like, all right, wipe him and start again. And I was like. Boy, you guys don't really understand how brainwashing works, no. do you? And then... It's it's like he's like an idiot child who is also a... That's not how brainwashing works. Like, you don't just stop... Ha- I don't... I guess with the... They do electroshock him. Maybe they're... I As a brainwashed person... <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. You, you just believe the thing that they tell you. The mm-hmm. military is good. 
and you're good and you're the good guys and they just repeat it until you believe it. I, him being brainwashed should have been like, I believe in what Hydra is doing. I believe in order. I be that would be more, yeah. for me, brainwashing that would make sense is that they've just been telling this guy these lies and they've been... Mm -hmm. But instead, they just sort of have this like magical ability. He'll listen to orders and he's an unbelievable soldier. Mm -hmm. But he's just like a child. He's like a dumb child who's like, who was that man? Yeah. And I, 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 I just don't think he... It, this scene... I, all right, this is my first criticism is... Here we go. Um, the Winter Soldier is, like, just not enough about him is given for me to, like, really... Like, for me, the main bad guy of the movie is Pierce. Sure. And Pierce is hateable. And um, I, I very much wanted to see him get punished. And it was very... The Winter Soldier is just like... You know, uh, he was Bucky and now he's like the lead singer of Alice in Chains and like he kind of it, it's not you know and they never really are like I, I guess Zola at some point is like yeah we found him and blah 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 but there's never I never really quite connected with that whole character Dude, was there no feelings from your holdover of the last movie where he's like Cap's very good buddy. No, because I don't think he was done well in the last movie either. I'll be honest with you. I think I agree. <laughs> <He's>, yes. <laughs> he, I'm very excited about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I want more of him as a character. Mm -hmm. He's more of a plot device in all the movies. Yeah. Because they don't really get into like what he's struggling through. Mm -hmm. He's just Cap's friend who's brainwashed. Oh, how sad for Cap. Cap want his friend back, please. But, like, we don't... I, I agree. I don't really think that we get to feel the suffering of Bucky. No. Even in the next movie, Civil War, which is revolves around him. Oh, really? Very strongly. Even then, we do not get a lot about... A little more. But we have not had a movie where we really settled in with... Which is why I'm excited about the show. I... Yeah, like... Like, uh, the Falcon gets... Uh, Probably way less screen time than Bucky, but like I actually think he might get more. Oh, really? He was like, the opening shot. He's I, in. I have a connection with the Falcon. I even have a connection with Black Widow, and I'm like really interested in Cap because now he has to he has to fight this conspiracy and he has to like rebel against everything he stood for. But the Winter Soldier, it's like all right, whatever, cool. I agree. I think I agree. I would like to touch back on. Before we go forward, because we're getting into the third act, uh, my my unnecessary shoving of this movie into Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Yes, go so on. we were so Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Like I said earlier, we have the ordinary world, which is the top of the circle, the bottom of the extraordinary world. The very bottom, six o'clock, is when the hero discovers a truth and pays a very strong price. Which in this movie is obviously, oh my God, Shield is Hydra. Mm -hmm. Oh no, and then he comes back. The truth is that he. Like, the truth that he comes back with is, I have a mission again, which for him is very important. Mm -hmm. He's starting to, he's entered this world of espionage and spying and being on the run and not really knowing what to do. And he has to rely on Widow and he has to rely on the Falcon and he has to rely on, you know, what Nick Fury taught him. But now, now he has an enemy, which he even says to Widow, she's like, you died for nothing. Aren't you upset about this? And he's like, no, mm -hmm. now I know who to punch. And as a soldier... He's excited. He's like, yes. now I have an enemy and a mission and a goal. I'm going to execute those things. And his 
movement back from the extraordinary world to the ordinary world is when he goes to the Triskelion with his new allies to fight his new enemy, which is um, Bucky and Hydra. But he's got his pals with him, Black Widow and, and Falcon, his the allies he's made along the way. Hell yeah. Here we go into the third act. Oh, uh, Nick Fury's alive. I think we forgot to mention that. Yeah, and it's the... Uh, it's the Nick most, Fury's fine. It's like, hey, he... He, he didn't... He was lying. Like, yeah, I, I saw that a mile away. But of course, it's a spy movie trope. Yeah. Cause, so, there, big plan. We're going to invade the Triskelion. Mm-hmm. We're going to use... Oh, God, it's such a stupid convoluted plot. Which, to me, is very spy movie. Yeah. We've got to take these delicate computer chips... And we've got to, <laughs> yeah. we've got to, we got to put them in a, a bank of identical computer chips so that the three ships will shoot at one another. I'm like, why don't you just take a hammer? Yeah, that looks really. That targeting computer looks like you could just go in there and just hit it with a hammer, and the whole thing would fall to pieces. The, yeah, there was a, a that good, wouldn't be as uh, explodey, would it? There was a good two minute chunk where uh, Agent Bo- Boswell, Roswell. Are you talking about Maria Hill? Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, Bosley? Bosley. She, Her and Nick Fury are like... Eh. And, you know, a lot of action movies suffer with this where it's like, here's the grand plan we have to do to save the world. Here's a whole bunch of jargon that you're just not going to understand. And it's like, computer chip wire target system infiltrate oh that's impossible but we have the right team for it and you're like okay whatever just whatever yeah it's a mission impossible yeah it's, we got to get the macguffin to the place mm-hmm. even that room was so mission impossible like oh, that yeah. big yeah uh underbelly why would you put the targeting system of your aircraft carrier in a glass bubble on the bottom of the aircraft what what that's it's- terrible that that scene because eventually captain fights bucky in there that reminded me of goldeneye sure it just looked dumb yeah Uh, (laughs) it's so funny because the top of it looks like an actual aircraft carrier Mm -hmm. it looks very realistic other than the fact that it's flying yeah it's got like bulkhead doors with the the wheel it looks very naval and then you get down here and it's like haha did you think this was an aircraft carrier you silly billy here's a weird room with like (laughs) <laughs> long curving unnecessary metal doodads yeah it's it's like the throne room in uh return of the jedi granted i i get why cinematically it looks neat yeah i, I like that they just built the one set and then kept reusing it yes because there's three identical oh aircraft yeah carriers. Oh, anyway God. so they're gonna go they're gonna go there right uh, uh before they go cap is standing on a dam looking out into the distance <laughs> yeah. and and out comes falcon and by the way he stands very awkwardly with his arms at his sides the falcon i mm-hmm. noticed and i was like oh classic actor does not know what to do with his hands mm-hmm. and he's like hey cap why i don't know why i keep giving all of them the same accent just do it you there cap <laughs> you're gonna have to fight bucky you know and there are some people that you gotta kill and then cap's like not this one i'm gonna save him yeah and he's like you're gonna wear that and he's like no if you're gonna fight a war you gotta wear a uniform Mm-hmm. And then he goes and steals from the Smithsonian yeah. Museum. And then I cried because Stan, Stan Lee Stan Lee's the guard. He's like, oh, I'm getting fired, I'm getting fired for this one. This. And I, cr- I cried. Oh, I legit so cried because I was like, I miss you, Stan Lee. Yeah. Um, and then but he puts back on his World War II uniform, which yeah. I think looks really great. Really? You do not like... Do you, I like... It looks better than the Avengers one. Uh, I, I just... It's funny. Growing up, I was like a comic book traditionalist. Like, when they made that first X-Men movie and they were all wearing leather uniforms, I was like, no. 
No, Wolverine needs to wear yellow spandex. It needs to be. But now I'm like, I think the uniform looks fine. It's just the mask. The mask looks so stupid. The, yeah, it doesn't look great. I think it look, I like both of the suits he has in this. Mm-hmm. I like the more subdued one when he's like, but I like that he puts this one on as like, hey, I'm back. Yeah. I'm the soldier again. Because the one before was more like, I'm a spy. Yes. Look at my subdued uniform. Even his shield was a little less bright. Yeah, yeah. And and here it's like bright. Because evidently they took time to repaint his shield. Yeah. Which... <laughs> I just... I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. I know we've got we've got limited time. Yeah. I've just got to get a nice <laughs> yeah, new yeah. coat on this shield. The red before was a little subdued. And uh. I think... I think I think a cherry red is where we really want to be, dude. It's a metaphor. He's back. He's, He's back. back. He's back, baby. So they all go to the Triskelion, and Abed from Community is there. Did you ever watch Community? No. Oh well, Abed's there because you know who directed Community, the Russo brothers. Oh, I did read that. Yeah. So he opens the door, and then Cap gives a big speech on about, the PA system about freedom. Yeah. It's super, like, this is the message. The price of freedom is high. Yeah, I wrote that But it's down. a price I'm willing to pay. Yeah, okay. It's like, yay. <laughs> I, got, I got such a freedom boner. You really? Kidding? Don't you? It, it's like the speech from Independence Day. You're just like, <gasps> yeah. Really? I, anytime I hear, like, really expositionally. Here's the cynic. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me how Captain America giving a speech about freedom doesn't rustle your jimmies. I just, like... I don't know, maybe my dad is more, raised me more cynical, but I'm just like, all right, we get it, we get it. Captain America is my dad's favorite <laughs> really? comic book hero, so for me, it's just like, there's, it's everything. I love it. Yeah. And I love that when he gets done with his big speech, the Falcon's like, so did you uh, write that down? Or yeah, yeah. You what, what does he say? He's like, no. He didn't say anything. He just oh. goes, did you write that down or did you come up with it on the spot? And <laughs> yeah. he just cuts away. Um, then I, I, a lot happens, but I didn't really write it down. <laughs> I also kind of, there is a, so the, they're running and Falcon goes, Hey Cap, how do we figure out the good guys from the bad oh, yeah, guys? I wrote this. And Cap goes, if they're shooting at us, we're, they're bad, which was my ROE in Afghanistan. I, I thought of you. <laughs> I was like, that was the rules that we had in Afghanistan. If they shoot at you, they're probably bad guys. Go yes. ahead and shoot back. Otherwise yes. don't. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's it's so like it feels like problematic, but in reality, it's like yeah, that's kind of true, yeah, right? It, yeah, because it's like how do you tell the insurgency from the citizens citizenry while they're shooting at you? Yeah, but then the question is, can citizens shoot at you? And but then that, well, then they become enemy combatants. Yeah, so it is. It's it sounds so dumb on the face of it, but it it's true. Mm-hmm. So they... I will say this action scene is a lot less fun or well shot or directed, I think, than the previous ones, which mm-hmm. were very grounded, very yeah. uh, spy thriller, Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. This one was like, okay, here's three flying aircraft carriers and the Falcon's flying all around. Cap's... Yeah, they, they didn't focus on Captain America a lot. He throws a shield. It yeah. really reminded me of the end of Captain America 1. Yes. Where he's just running through. And it's almost like perfunctory at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, punch, punch, kick, yep. kick. We got it. Just so we can get him to Bucky. In- and then it kind of... Now, okay, now we're back to... We're going to... Him and Bucky have like a long, drawn out, punchy punch fight. Falcon uh, gets his wing ripped off, grounded. Yeah. 
And I think the scene that's very still spy thriller is with Robert Redford and... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Scar- yeah. So he, he's like, I'm the bad guy. And then Scarlett Johansson takes off a face mask, yeah. which is so Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And then... And then she decides to become Edward Snowden. Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm going to dump all of your secrets on the internet. And I'm like, oh my god, the Patriot... Yeah. That were, I didn't think about that the first time I saw the movie, but it's absolutely like, she's Edward Snowden. Yeah, and then Robert Redford gives a speech about his philosophy where he's like, diplomacy's only a band-aid. And it's only so long before a dirty bomb goes off in Moscow, or a, or a, what is his line? Um... <sighs> Uh, an EMP goes off in Chicago. Which, like, I don't know what either of those things are. But You don't know what either of those... You don't know what an EMP is? <laughs> an electromagnetic pulse? What's Chicago? All right. <laughs> you got me. And then... Uh, oh! The Winter Soldier kicks a guy into a turbine. Yeah. <laughs> it was... That whole scene where he comes out and is just, like, killing. And the, I, that's so... The guy's like, ah! And then he goes into a turbine and then it explodes. And I'm like, that's, that's really brutal. That's pretty brutal. That's, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so Black Widow dumps all the secrets on the internet. Nick Fury shows up and he's like, ha, you thought I was dead, but I'm not. You want to keep up with me. You better keep both eyes open. Yeah. Which I didn't understand. So it's. So it's like, is Nick Fury just lying about missing an eye? What? He His eye's completely messed up. But he just used his messed up eye as a backup. Uh, like he's, th- this is showing that Nick Fury is so smart that he had a secret executive backup on his messed up eye. So his regular eye accesses his regular account that uh, they deleted. But he's so crafty that he had a backup on his messed up eye. Because when he pulls up his eye patch, it's like, oh, your eye's fine. What it, it has a gigantic scratch and it's milky white. But you can still see the pupil. But it's milky white. Do you not know how blind... You know blind people still have eyes. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just like... I was confused. As as a amateur eye doctor, I was very confused by that scene. <laughs> I don't want to make fun of you for this. So I'm just going no, to quietly let this go. I don't I, know. I will say that scene has been, and all of the stuff, because earlier in the movie he goes, yeah, Cap, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Yeah. And the way he lost it is he got scratched by a cat. <laughs> really? Yeah, and he's in, so Nick Fury is de-aged and he's in Captain Marvel, which set, is set in the 90s. And she gets something called a flurkin, which is a cat that um, has like squid, a squid mouth. Like it can open its mouth inside of, okay, it's and, an alien. All right. That... Is basically has an infinite void inside of it, and it can eat any amount of. It's like a bag of holding. Do you know what that okay, is? What does this have to do with the eye? It's a cat. It's like a little okay. tabby cat, okay. but it's t- secretly an alien. When it opens its mouth, tentacles come out and grab things and pull them inside. And it was holding the the cosmic cube, the tesseract from the uh, first movie. It ate that, so Nick Fury's holding it and being like, "Who's a good little kitty?" And then it scratches his eye, and that's how he loses. And that's it? Is how he loses it's the a, eye. It's like not even a giant cat; it's like a house. It's like cat? a house cat. Although it is, what? it is a horrifying alien monster. It is just in the body of a house. But that's cat. how he loses. His yeah, eye? no one's happy about it. It really undercuts that scene. Oh my god, dude. Mm-hmm. This is like Nick. You thought he would like lose that eye on like D Day. Yeah, that's what we all thought. But it turns out it was oh. just a cute little kitty cat. Dude, what a what a twist. What a what a what a bad. Tw- anyway, yeah. So 
Robert Redford's like, ah oh, ha ha, that name tag I gave you was secretly a, 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 a sternum oh, destroying. Yeah. And then she squeezes her little, her widow sting, which she throws at people. Yeah. And it like electrocutes the thing. And then she's fine. Mm-hmm. But he does kill everyone on the council. He sure does. It, which is hilarious because you see a bunch of older actors just flailing <laughs> around. Oh no! Oh, I'm dying! <laughs> So Cap, I like this part because, so all the ships start shooting. Cap is like, I did it. I got the last one mm-hmm. in. Shoot them now. Because of course, Captain America has to go down in another aircraft yeah, carrier. It's, it's like, Cap, buddy, mm-hmm. stop it. Well, I just want to point out that uh, while he's fighting the Winter Soldier in this like glass menagerie. Mo- yeah. He gets shot in the leg twice. And the gut. And, and he's just like, that's eh, all right. He gets shot <laughs> straight through the gut. <laughs> Just and he just powers through, he just powers through it to plug in the USB router. <laughs> and then he's like, do it now. And now, in a just a wonderful twist of fate, the other two ships get, like, obliterated. Mm-hmm. But the one he's on Doesn't just, just is starting to sink. Yeah. So he can have a long, drawn-out punch fight with Bucky. Mm-hmm. So he can drop his shield and be like, no, Bucky... <laughs> I'm with you to the end of the line, yeah. which I'm making fun of now, but made me feel feelings. It feel, <laughs> I just, um, I love that it's just another scene of, of, of Steve on the phone with a woman being like, no, I got to put it in the water. And yeah. it's like, Steve, yeah. stop. Yeah. They're not shooting anybody anymore. You could have left. Yeah. It's like a grand, like unnecessary sacrifice. Always with Steve. And then, uh, he, he helps Bucky and they punch each other. And then he's like, "I'm, I'm, I love you. I'll never let you go." And then Bucky, he, but then he falls to his death, and Bucky saves him. Bucky jumps in the water and drags, oh, oh yeah, 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 drags him out, and then he he leaves like, like what uh, Bruce Banner at the end of every episode of Incredible Hulk, Just he like, slowly walks away. Yeah. And then he wakes up in a hospital with Marvin Gaye playing. Yeah, the album. And yeah. he turns. He goes on your left to. to yeah, Falcon, I would just call back which, to which opening l- scene. And and then I think there's like a oh it shows like a quick wrap up of like here's all the characters getting jobs at the CIA and, yeah. and the Stark Enterprises yeah. and all this. And yeah. uh, Black Widow is like giving a deposition to like the House of Representatives. Why we want to arrest you. Yeah. She's like, you're not going to arrest me. You you need me. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a almost like a 180 of like the whole message of the movie is like you need danger to keep people in line or some. It's like a reversal of the... It's it's a strange message because it's basically, we shouldn't have S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have this government overreach. What we should have is superheroes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Only me and Captain America, Mm -hmm. Iron Man, and Thor are the... Like, obviously you dum-dums can't get anything Mm -hmm. done. Because also in the last movie, the government tried to nuke New York. Oh, really? You don't remember the Avengers? They're like, they're never going to stop them. We're going to nuke them. And then Iron Man, like, flies the nuke through the wormhole. Oh, yeah. And she, like, Nick Fury tries to stop the nuke jet. And it's like... The, the government in these movies is really dumb. Mm-hmm. And thank God Captain America is always there. Yeah. Is that a metaphor for our current politics? Yeah. I just wrote in all caps, Team America. <laughs> oh, there was... A, so the two very white Nazis, one of them, the hot Hydra, goes, Where are the targets? <laughs> Where? I, had to, I wrote it like a little W and then the biggest H. Oh, right. Where? Well, the targets, and then he gets, and then he gets blown up. Um, yeah, and then I just wrote some 
thoughts overall? Oh, Falcon, I forgot. Jumps out of a building into a helicopter. A very, another spy movie yeah. kind of cliche, I felt. Like, and Nick Fury's flying the helicopter. I said 41st floor. And he's like, they don't put building numbers on the outside. Why everyone? Yeah, I, that, I was like... Dude, he just saved you. Don't give him sass. Don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't give him sass. Like, oh, really? Weren't uh, they in a movie later together? Samuel Jackson and uh, Anthony Mackie? Uh, Weren't they in a movie where like they like start a bank and have like a white guy pretend to be the bank owner? Maybe that's them. Anywho, okay. moving on. That's where I ran out of notes. I wrote, so I, I just wrote general notes at the end. I wrote, good movie, way smarter than your average Mar- Marvel movie. Sloppy third act. Also didn't really explore the themes. Oh, the out of time theme too seriously. Pierce was hateable. Didn't really care about Buck. I don't know if this movie, I think it does have, well, he's not a man out of time. He's a he's still a fish out of water, though. Yeah. Because now it's his 1940s be a hero fight for the cause is up against, like, the Patriot Act. Yes. And, and secret fascism. Yes. And he, sound, and he soundly rejects that and then single-handedly destroys yes. fascism. Well, not really, because at the end of the movie they're like, there are still people out there, Cap. Let's, let's go get them. And he's like, no, I gotta find Bucky first. Even though he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right after this, he rejoins the Avengers and becomes the leader and then is just the leader of the Avengers for a while. Yeah. Until, you know, Civil War. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, and I think we've already answered this question. This movie is definitely war porn. I think so. More so than probably the others we've watched. It's very gun porn heavy like each character has their their own special gun mm-hmm. and there's a lot of scenes like characters there's so much like gun play oh, where yeah. like okay they're all there's that one scene where where the guy the guy's like you better launch those ships and he's like i'm not gonna do it captain's orders oh, and then yeah. the girl like kicks the chair and they're all shooting at each other yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. this big shootout <laughs> but it's again so sterile and it's just yes. like oh no but no one you care about really gets hurt. The only it's, time people get hurt, it's like Cap, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's bloodless violence. Except Nick Fury, who gets bodied. Yeah. And then somehow does not Some, die. But yeah, even he doesn't die. Even um, Crossbones gets... How is he walking around? You How know, much amphetamine did I, they give that man so he could put on a trench coat and come in and give a big speech? He has a collapsed lung gene. And meanwhile, like... A me- collapsed lung! Meanwhile, a cat took out his eye. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? A flurkin. I feel like... A flurkin. That, that word is very close to a different, very sexualized word. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's another conversation flurkin. for another time. I... This movie, like, obviously brought up a lot in me. I think we've touched on it a bunch. It's It's definitely, like... Steve realizing that the military or being a part of the American military is no longer all good. Although I do think it undercuts it a bit because it's kind of like, hey, Steve, international conflict is messy and it's not, you don't always know who the good guys or the bad guys are. I like that theme. Mm -hmm. But then it's kind of like, oh, actually, all the bad people are Hydra. They're all actually Nazis. Yeah. So this... The the ambiguity of it is sort of lost because it's not like, well, you know, is George Bush, like, did, was the Iraq yeah. war? It's more like, oh, never mind. Yeah. There, I, I don't know. Do you agree? Do you feel well, like that? I, I think the thing is, is the theme of the movie is um, when a, a force for good gets 
overtaken by a hostile force for evil infiltrates it and which is a pretty complex theme for a comic book movie right and i think if you look at hydra as a metaphor i think they talk about that ambiguity but it's going to be really hard because comic book movies also rely on you know meaningful conclusions and and everything's happy in the end and and you know this character was good this whole time blah 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 so i look at it as like a metaphor and i think it really communicates that because yeah i mean it shows you you know it shows you some of the if you take away the oh hydra it's like you know oh one thing i wrote down was operation paperclip is referenced which was an operation after world war ii where the united states took top nazi scientists and integrated them into their like government programs like the scientists responsible for the rockets that sent neil armstrong to the moon oh yeah they're was a nazi and so like <laughs> you know it, it shows you that like we like have we quote-unquote defeated fascism, but we integrated a whole lot of it into what we've been doing for the past 80 years or whatever. And I think, you know, it does highlight that and raise a lot of questions around that. I think that's smart. I like that idea. As soon as you said that, I thought about just like, okay, there's an evil senator. Sure, he says Hail Hydra, which, but... But we also have, like like I said earlier, we have senators that are like that, that are mm-hmm. doing lots of damage and a lot of harm. And it really started in, like, McCarthyism and, yep. like, the Red Scare yep. and, and, like, oh, we'll just ter- we'll, we'll teach people to be terrified of this unknown other and they will slowly give us their freedoms. And, like, it's like, it's it, that is sort of what happened to our government. This idea of a good government has slowly been overtaken by these quiet tea party mm-hmm. r- extreme right wing nazis mm-hmm. and like i think we talked about this uh, uh, i don't remember what episode maybe the last one where like david duke has been being given more and more stage time now we now the argument is are the proud boys white supremacists yeah. because they're suing how dare you call us that yeah. sure we uh, do white supremacy things and we yell you know uh uh what's the word racist dialogue and we have racist uh phrases that we use and we defend these confederate statues and we constantly do white supremacist stuff but now the argument is but are they mm-hmm. and it legitimizes them mm-hmm. and that is the same as like hydra is yeah. like we're just going to hide and eventually the conversation will be the oh, the the phrase do you know the overton window I've heard it, but explain it for it's, whoever it, doesn't. It's like um, it's like a phrase for what is considered acceptable within certain bounds of society, right? So, for example, like back in the fifties, um, homosexuality was like completely shunned by society. You never talked about it. It was outside of the Overton window. But in this, in the decades since Stonewall, the Overton window has slowly expanded. To the point where now like homosexuality, queerness is like it's it's acceptable and anti, you know, being homophobic has now gone outside of the Overton window. Oh, interesting. So and I. So I, they're trying to move the Overton window back. Yes. Well, what they're now, trying. Can it expand or does it move? It can expand or detract. Does it because it seems like it's moving more progressive and it's leaving out. Like, re- well, here's the thing is, so 
Um, you or know, rather was. Back when this movie came out, and I I know for me personally, you know, I was what, like 22, 23, and I thought, oh yeah, like Nazis, white supremacists, that's like a fringe thing. That's like barely anyone. That's not really a threat. And then, you know, Trump gets elected, who is like doing all these dog whistles to that group. And the Overton window, like you explained, like the Proud Boys, all of a sudden you have Richard Spencer giving these interviews on CNN. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. Deplatform this guy. He's. Oh, he's, sure. Uh, and like, you know, Joe Rogan is given platforms to certain groups and people are like, hey, maybe you shouldn't give a platform to them. Yeah. And then and then he comes back and says, well, you know, I, I think it's important, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that, no, it isn't. Yeah. Stop it. It's not both sides-ing. You're not giving, mm-hmm. oh, well, this guy says racism is wrong. Yeah. And this says, we got to give equal time to this guy who says racism is right. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. The, the Overton window and, like, it's funny, like, I, I, I talk to people from outside of this country um, the Overton window in the United States is so conservative that a thing like socialized healthcare in Europe, it's like, of course, of course we have them. Like, what are you crazy? We're here. It's like, <laughs> what are you? Are you, you communist? Wanna, well, you want to give you want to give people free healthcare? It's like, well, it's not free. I want to, you know, taxes. <gasps> what? How dare you? But me, you know. For here's a great example. When um, FDR first introduced Social Security, people called him a communist. They're, How dare you? How dare you do that? And nowadays, it's like, if you try to take that away, people will say, how dare you? Don't you dare. Well, Trump is trying to take well, it away. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that this movie was before the Trump era, but I do feel like, I mean, Hydra is interesting I mean, Star Wars might do this a little bit better. This idea of they're they're sort of like, I don't know what word to use because all the words I have are very um, divisive. Uh, mm-hmm. They're uh, sad little baby boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 how, I don't know what words to use anymore because sad all of, the, I, I don't want to use like the P word or like yeah, the yeah. B word yeah, or like yeah. all the word. I don't want to use like sexist language or, or you know, I'm non-binary. So like being effeminate isn't. Yeah, to me, an insult, but they aren't the the horrifying violence that is Nazi SS. They're not Germany. Yeah. They're they're these like pathetic, weak, nerds. sad little nerds that put on a show and they're like, Ooh, I'm a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. And like, granted, some of them are violent and there's yeah. been violence, but not on any level. And I think that's the problem is because people come at me all the time and say, if you think this is what fascism looks like, you're an idiot. And you've never read a history book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're an idiot because they aren't doing the same thing. Yeah. They've learned from yes. that doesn't work. And this movie literally puts words to it. Of course, they're not going to come out and put a bunch. Well, they are putting people in camps. They're, they're, it's not as overt. It isn't as overt. And they're more willing to argue it. Mm-hmm. And they're they're going to get pedantic about it. They're not going to go, hell yeah, I'm a white supremacist. They're yeah. going to go, whoa, 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 how dare you? How dare and they're gonna and they're gonna cry crocodile tears. That's what's happening on the internet. Trump gets the virus. He's been downplaying for months. The conservatives have literally been like, it doesn't, it's not real, it's a hoax, it's fake. All that they've been lying. And then as soon as he gets it, how dare you? Yeah. 
How dare you make jokes? Yeah. This is such a serious thing. Anyone who gets this virus, it's it's so serious. It's like, what are you talking about? 208,000 people who died. But these crocodile tears. Yeah. And now the, the narrative is, oh, actually, it's the right is the compassionate ones. Yeah. And the left. It's like, what? They're messing. They're manipulating the Overton window. That's absolutely what they are doing. And they're trying to play both sides of it. And it's disgusting. It's so, in like... You know, as a queer person, I constantly get people being like, I'm allowed to be transphobic because it's an opinion. And I'm like, that's, that's, not, a, that's not an opinion. No. And they're like, I just don't think that it's real. I think you're lying. And, and so it's like, you're denying my identity. Yeah. It isn't an opinion. Mm-hmm. Being racist isn't an it's opinion. It's not an opinion. But they want to argue that it is. Yes. It's okay. It's okay that I hate a group of people based on an arbitrary thing mm-hmm. like skin color because it's an opinion. Yeah. And then they will turn it and go, well, how, how dare you? Aren't, look at you being the, the judgmental yeah. one attacking me. Mm-hmm. And it's that's what they're hiding. They're hiding. And so just like Hydra does, they're using our language. They're using our compassion. They're using our empathy as a shield for themselves so that they can spread their hatred and do their their terrible things and then go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But not me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think I think this movie did a really good job. And I, I was surprised because, you know, the last Captain America we talked about was, it was pretty like rah-rah USA. Yes. You know? And I think the fact that they dropped this movie... Uh, and as a whole, just way better than the first one, I thought. I agree. Um, it just felt... Although, in different ways, because I really yeah. like the campiness of the first one. Yeah. The fir- I mean, the first one has its moments and all that, but this felt like, watching this, it was like... Because the first one was like Marvel Phase 1, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And you could tell by th- the time they made this, like, they had a better idea of, like, what they were doing. They knew what worked. Sure. Because they had just made so many movies by that point, and it just felt more slick and realized. I also think that I love that he, first of all, is called Captain America, mm-hmm. and is. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I don't love that he's wearing like the the flag because of like flag code, and also conservatives do it, yeah. and it annoys me. Though I've done it in the past. I like that he. I like the message of, like, Cap finds out that everything he believes in has has been twisted and ruined and destroyed. And his whole country, the thing he is named after, is now infiltrated with the thing he sought to destroy. And he doesn't reject the flag. He actually puts on an even more patriotic version of that flag. And then he goes in and fights. Mm -hmm. And he gives a big rah-rah speech of being like, hey, we gotta fight this. I'll I'll do it on my own if I have to, but I believe you'll fight too. And not to toot my own horn. <laughs> Go ahead and toot. Go ahead and toot. Well, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do here. It's just <laughs> I have this thing where I I hate I hate the notion that these Trumpers are trying to take the American flag mm-hmm. and say this is ours. We are the patriots. This is our flag. You are you are the other, and I re- I soundly reject that. Not only that, but I call upon all of those on the left and the disenfranchised to embrace the flag. I think that if you're LGBTQ or you're black or Asian or Hispanic, that's your flag too. That it's. I think that you should embrace not 
in the way of like don't not nationalism mm. and say this is perfect and and shroud yourself in it but say this is a country that's worth fighting for yeah and it's worth getting rid of these terrible ideas and fixing because we need to fix things like the way we treat native americans mm. and the way we treat the african-american yeah. community and the way we treat uh, jews and lgbtq yeah. everyone every disenfranchised minority but this is still their country so then no one gets to take that from them although historically that most certainly did happen. <laughs> yeah. But it's still their country now, is what I'm saying. So did like, it, you know, if the flag, the the U.S. flag itself is like a metaphor to sort of take it back and repurpose it for your... Well, I think it's just, I believe in, I don't believe in America in that America is just good. Like mm-hmm. this, this chunk of land and these people are inherently better. I don't believe that. That's nationalism. But I do believe that our country was founded on certain on certain ideals ideals that have stood the test of time, and when we were more beholden to them, I think we had a better country and a better outlook and a better philosophy. And I thought I think we were going in a better direction. And I think those ideals are worth fighting for, mm-hmm. which is what I think Captain America stands for. He stands for truth and justice in the American way. I know that's Superman. But he, he believes in truth. He believes in fighting for freedom. Actual freedom. Not the freedom that America is offering yeah. us. Freedom under surveillance. Freedom at the end of a gun. But yeah. actual, real freedom. And I believe in that. Wholeheartedly. I think I've been, that's the message I've been screaming into the abyss. Is like, no matter what happens, if he gets reelected, if he destroys the, the norms of democracy... We need to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And for what, you know, America, for our ideals, for the Constitution, for f- just the idea and concept of freedom. Mm-hmm. But I think that the American flag still stands for that. I don't think that they get to take it and say, this is our symbol of Trump, of, of fascism. No, it is not. So many soldiers have given their life to literally protect that flag. Not in a symbolic They've died under it. I mean, literally, during a war, you do not let the enemy take your flag. Mm-hmm. So they would, when they get captured, they would tear it into little pieces and put it in their pockets and hide in prisoner of war camps and keep that little precious piece of flag. And then at the end, they came together and reformed those flags. Those stories are all over the Civil War and World War II and World War I. And they carried these flags into battle. And I wore one on my shoulder and I got it tattooed into my flesh because I really, really like it. I... I, I wish I saw more. I wish I wish every time I went to a gay pride rally that the pride flag was being flown next to the American flag because it, it, you're part of it. It's your flag. It's your country. Don't let the, the aggressor, the bully, push you down and say you're not American. Screw that. You're more American. You, I, every, like, oh, it's, it's, there, it's there. They've, they've earned that flag. They, that's what freedom is all about. You know, it's worth fighting for. But I also, I just, I wish that I could impress upon these disenfranchised communities. That's what America is all about. That's what the Statue of Liberty was. It was built by immigrants, by by slaves. It was built by the disimpoverished. Granted, it's been, all the money has been ripped away by the wealthy. But America was built by the poor and the disenfranchised and the working class. It's our damn flag. It's not it's not Jeff Bezos's or Trump's. He's going to hug it on a stage. Yeah. Screw that guy. Yeah. It's the people who built the railroad under duress. It's the people who worked fields all day. 
that gave this country the boost to get us here so we could fight for equality. Damn. That felt soapboxy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope... I thought, I thought it was a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pat yelled about the flag for Pat 45 minutes. Pat yelled about minutes. the flag for 45 minutes, man. No, I agree. I agree. And, and I, for one, you know, because I saw a tweet the other day that said, you know, it's pretty scary when you see someone uh, waving a flag and you think, oh, that guy, that guy's racist. <laughs> right? Exactly. I, I refuse to allow this flag that has flown proudly for 240 years to be, to be associated with racism. Because... Uh, they carry th- I know I know <laughs> I know America is inherently racist I agree it's... I know but they also carried those flags at the civil rights marches that's true you know that yeah. the black men and women walked for their, or, or marched for their rights under the American flag and that makes them just as much American uh, Rosa Parks not Rosa Parks who's the uh oh that's racist what's the woman from the Civil War who saved all the, the, the slaves Oh, Harriet, Harriet Tubman? Tubman. Harriet Tubman? I, I know the difference between Rosa Parks <laughs> and Harriet Tubman. Thank you. I'm okay, so sorry right. for who I am. We took a detail. Brain damage, <laughs> not racism. Harriet Tubman t- t- had l- led the largest battalion of freed slaves as the first female commander, and she did it under the American flag. That means something to me. That means more to me than when a Trumper waves it around and screams about fascism. It's just like how Hitler co-opted the swastika from the, Hindu, the, the Hindus yeah. and he, they, and they, they bastardized it. And mm-hmm. that's what's happening to our flag right now. And it's like, no, you yeah. don't get to do that. I'll never, I, first of all, because it'll be really awkward if it becomes a symbol of hate. Cause it is literally etched into my flesh yeah. and I don't want to get it covered up. That's the only reason. Okay. That's the only reason. Not all the patriotic. Your tattoo. That's not all that patriotic <laughs> crap. That's all lies. I just, I just, it's like, how am I even going to cover this up? You know? Oh man. <laughs> I do believe all that though. I strongly, very strongly. Yeah, I agree. And uh yeah, I mean I I just you know, it I when I think of the flag, I think of um the guys who are criticizing Colin Kaepernick. They're like, "How dare you disrespect the flag like that?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's a fucking it's a piece of cloth." What like t- I I'm I'm sorry, but the flag doesn't mean anything. But those ideals you were talking about, those fucking ideals, those mean a lot. Well, I mean, isn't that what, I mean, that's what all vexology is. That's right. I know what flag science is. Wow. It's, you know, when you put up a white flag, it's just a piece of white cloth, but Mm -hmm. it symbolizes so much. Or if you're on a ship at sea and you see a skull and crossbones, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just fabric. Mm-hmm. But you know, but it does it's more than that. Yeah, and there are people who who feel very strongly when they see yeah. the flag waving. And I agree. I think we should try to take it back. And I would love, I would just love to see people who you don't normally associate with the American flag to suddenly. That's what like, I think we should because. Because this idea that every time you see a flag, it's carried by a racist is because no one else is waving them around. Mm. So let's start waving them right back in their faces. Yeah. Their nationalism and their, their false patriotism is a lie. It is so... The people who marched in the streets this summer 
are a thousand times the patriot as any of these losers yeah. who wouldn't wear a mask to help their fellow fellow, fellow, fellow citizens. I am developing an angry stutter. <laughs> and and I, I think that that's so powerful. These people who are using their, their most American right to protest an authoritarian regime, to protest these police that are disenfranchising their communities and attacking these protests. I want to see them with American flags. I want to see them push back and say the we're we're real americans real america is freedom and equality and and opportunity for all and not money for the rich and and all this selfishness like the people who fought originally granted were crazy racist <laughs> but but the ideas that they put down and then you know even if they are racist m- more people came along after to fight to make those rules and those ideals more inclusive for women, for people of color, and for every, you know, every race, creed, and religion. And I think that that still means something. I still think the Constitution has value, even if we are currently wildly ignoring it. Yeah. Oh my god. I agree. I don't think it's perfect. No. Don't get me wrong. America is just a, is a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck, to quote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, after the debate. After the debate. But I, I still think that we could, like, let's put the fire out. I still think the foundation is solid. Let's tear the whole house down if we have to. Right. But I think the place that we decided to build it the first time is still good. Really? Granted, it's on fire. It is very much Please on fire. Please understand me. that it, Literally it is, on fire. It is on fire and somehow the house is racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, the physical house is racist. Yeah. So we've got to get that out. Yeah. Maybe it's in the pipes. I'm not sure how... Yeah, uh, I... Oof, I do not know. But I don't think that the Constitution is still... Maybe... Mm, I guess the 14th Amendment is problematic. I don't like that they wrote into law that we could put people to work in prisons. But other than that... Const- that's in the 14th, That's the 14th, right? It's like... Uh, they, sh- I, you asking me if I've read the 14th Amendment? <laughs> Oh, I haven't read a book in seven years. My God, my dude. (laughs) I'm fairly certain there's a problematic clause in there, which is what allows us to do private prisons, which I am so ghastly against. Really, I'm against most of the prison industrial complex. Any hoozles, uh, everybody should buy a flag pin and let's show those dumb fascists that they don't get to have America. Yeah. And it starts with symbolism. Yeah. Dumb nationalists. Um, so, okay, it sounds like we're going to wrap things Probably. up. Probably. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like a good... Yeah, once you start getting on that soapbox, I'm like, I, well, I mean, we you could just go all night. I, but... I really could. So let's... <laughs> we're at two hours and 50 minutes. So, uh, here's the thing. We, uh, we want to know what you guys think. Yes, we do. We want to hear your thoughts. So we made an email. It's called the Podcast at gmail.com. Spelled exactly how like you'd think. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us, you know, whatever. You just just send us uh, your thoughts, maybe movies you'd like us to tackle, questions you have about the military. Please don't ask me. Uh, <laughs> Rank, serial s- number. Silly things, <laughs> perhaps. But if you have any questions that you'd like to hear, have answered or thoughts, let us hear them and we'll try to incorporate them into the podcast. Yeah, bro. Um, I don't want uh, unsolicited criticism. I've been getting that. I don't uh, 
care. I do. <laughs> you want unsolicited criticism? I've been talked to, talked down to my entire life. Okay, well, no, I guess no, direct no. all your unsolicited... I'm, yeah. I'm the one who edits the podcast. <laughs> so you're just going to get the criticism and then I'm going <sighs> to continue to... I'm not saying criticism isn't good. I just don't need... We are above criticism. <laughs> I don't want to... It's so many. It's just like, ugh. We, if you have a problem with this podcast, you have a problem with America. That's okay? right. That's right. Did you hear me? Did you hear this man rant about the flag for the past two hours? <laughs> you think you think your pedantic criticism about our voice levels is going to stop us? I don't fucking think so. Okay. Wait, this has gotten very violent. And <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I will find you. Oh no. I will hunt you down. <laughs> oh, it was so good before. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I I do I appreciate all the comments I've received. It's just that some of them are very um, pedantic. Yeah. What does that word mean? <laughs> I know I just used it, but pedantic. It, yeah. it just it just means like, hey, did you annoying? Know, <laughs> did you did you know that editing software exists? It's like I'm oh. doing my best. Oh, okay. <laughs> but with love, it's said with love. It's with love. sarcastic love. Sar- yes. This has gone off on a tangent. I'm mad at Trump. I hope that you guys enjoyed watching. Our podcast, yes. our our audio based visual experience. Exactly. What are we doing next week? Have we even? Finished? I don't know. We haven't decided yet. So we will eventually do the Civil War. Yes. The movie, not the war. Well, maybe they'll be happening at the same time. Yes. Oh, that was a poor joke. Ooh, yeah. That was a poor joke that might Can't not age sold. well. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Hey, guys, we we love that you're here. We love thank you, you for listening. I yeah. hope you have a great. Buy a flag. Buy a flag. Seriously. Yeah. Let's take it back. All right. I hope nothing I said offended you. And if it did. I'm offended. Blame Gene. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Peace.